0: Hello and welcome to episode 237 of the Random yeah, Channel Podcast. Sorry. Oh no, Kevin, are you okay? I'm Kevin. Uh, I just sneezed. <laughs> I'm Jason. Angel's here. What happened, Kevin? Why are you in pain? Uh, no, I just sneezed. Yeah, I couldn't hold it back. Oh, that was a sneeze? Oh. Yeah, that was a sneeze. Most people when they sneeze don't say, oh God, but okay. Uh, well, tight then, Kevin. And welcome everyone to <laughs> episode 237. Um... We did it, guys. That we have true. a fall... We have a... Oh, yeah, I forgot to say that name. It's not a pound drum, by the way. <laughs> two, three, seven, not a pound drum. But no, we did. We have a fall game lineup from Nintendo. I mean, we we didn't do anything. But, like, Nintendo spent a good chunk of the last two weeks since our last episode announcing all sorts of stuff coming down the pipe, including a bunch of stuff around Mario's 35th anniversary, hence our episode title of The Anniversary Pipeline. See, see what I did there? But anyway, yeah, we... Um, we have news. We're, we're going to break it all down in an the anniversary
1: episode. pipeline? Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, kind of weak.
0: I should probably but... – Yeah, the next one will be better. Trust me. I already ran by Angel. Uh, but anyway, the, um, we're going to be breaking down news um, in this episode from everything they announced, good and bad. Plus, uh, they then announced Hyrule Warriors on top of that. So we're we'll going to talk about Age of Calamity and sharing thoughts on that. And then Ubisoft was like, hey, we heard you like Breath of the Wild, so we made Immortals, and we'll be talking about that. And then they were also like, also, we heard you have a Switch and we're making Prince of Persia, but we don't really know if it's coming to Switch ourselves, so let's find out together. And we have that. Anyway, point is um, we actually have a good amount of news for once in actual games and whatnot, uh, like first-party games, not just indie. So there are timestamps for all of this on the blog post for episode at Rantown.com. If you're on YouTube, it's under the video. Uh, but before we get to all the first-party shenanigans, uh, we do have what we've been playing to discuss. And, well, what have you guys been playing? Who wants to go first?
2: I've been playing a lot of Final Fantasy XIV hey, and Hearthstone. Yeah, finally making it through the story. Pretty, pretty good stuff. Learned that I had the dance mode all along because I didn't bother to check a different tab. I don't
0: know what any of that yeah. meant. Yeah, that blocked my progress <laughs> for, for a good amount of time.
2: What about the Nintendo uh, side? Um, Exclusively Nintendo stuff? I guess nothing. I mean, they haven't really come out with anything that I want. I mean, luckily, um, we managed to get an early copy of Fight Crab. And as much as I wanted to play that on Steam, I figured might as well see, I don't know, I guess if it's worth doing on the, worth thing it on the Switch. And, I mean, so far, it's, it's a fun game. Like, when you play it, you initially see, like, I guess, um, what kind of game it's going to be in your library. And I guess by that I mean you know whether it's gonna be a game you're gonna be sinking a lot of time into or that game that you bring out every couple months just to I don't know, do like a round or two with a friend or just to mess around for a little bit and then you kinda of just put it back in hiatus. So presentation wise, like I mean the game is just very silly. You're it's just crab fights and Crabs sometimes, crab lobsters holding
0: weapons. Right, that's kind of the key part here. They're not just crabs. They're like, don't they don't no, have projectiles.
2: I mean, weapons are just like items. Like you have normal battles that don't have any weapons. Mm-hmm. Sometimes <laughs> there are weapons. Like it's just, it's just like Smash Brothers at that point. Like, yeah, items are there. <laughs> there are items sometimes, but um. Yeah, and you could pick different types of crabs. They each have their weaknesses. Some are heavier, some are faster, some have longer arms, some take more damage, some deal more damage. It's also percentage-based, like Smash Brothers. It's very much like Smash Brothers. Um, Except the only difference, instead of doing ring-outs, which you can do, because some stages, you know, you could be knocked off the stage and you can't make it back, you just lose. You have to avoid being knocked over. The higher your percentage is, the more likely the next hit will flip you on your back. And if you're on your back for over three seconds, you lose. So it's, you know, kind of like a tap out. But you can mash the punch button to try to get back on your feet. But controls-wise, it's one of those games that just has intentionally awkward controls. And it's just kind of fun to mess around with, but it doesn't feel fun to try to get good at it. It feels almost like trying to get good at it almost takes the fun out of it. So is it like like...
0: Octodad-style weird controls, or like... Like, where on the weird control spectrum does it Yeah, sit?
2: it's, like, it's like somewhere between, like, Octodad and Gang Beasts. Mm, it's, like, okay. very physics-heavy, very, like, limbs flying around. Because, I mean, even describing it, you'll kind of get the f- sensation of how it feels just after I'm describing them. So, like, the left stick controls the left arm. The right stick controls the right arm. You can move them up, down, left, right. If you press the L button or R button, you pinch with each respective claw. That the side of the button is on L2 and R2 or LZR or ZL. They um, do a punch with each respective crab arm. And so as you can tell, the analog sticks won't move the character. So by clicking down on the left stick, you turn the camera left. By clicking down on the right stick, you turn the camera right by moving left and right. I mean, if you move both sticks to the left, you turn the crab left. If you move both sticks to the right, you turn the crab right, and you actually move with the D-pad. And... Wait, what? <laughs> it's not even... Yeah. Huh. So, like, you tap twice on the right. deep. So, you tap right on the D-pad to move a little to the right, or down to move back, and up to move forward, and so on. But you can also double tap them to continuously walk in that direction. So, if you just want to infinitely walk straight, you can do that, just by tapping up twice, or back continuously by breathing back twice so it works in the sense that like you know you could just kind of hit the direction towards your opponent or the opposing crab that way you don't have to worry about moving whatsoever so you could just focus on your punching and pinching Mm -hmm. but i mean but it feels awkward and that's definitely the point of it it's not supposed to feel extremely precise because i mean every time you throw a punch i mean even though you're not always fighting underwater like most of the time you are but it really does feel like you're fighting underwater and all the good and the bad come with that as well making everything feel very floaty and slow but you know also just very silly and fun because there are some stages that i feel are definitely way more entertaining than others just because of the set pieces that come with them like there's a stage where you're literally fighting in the middle of a what looks like a city block So there's some big buildings, there's cars you can pick up, there's palm trees you can get. And that's also where there's, like, a ditch. And it just looks looks funny seeing, like, these giant crabs, or maybe normal-sized crabs in a tiny city. But, Mm -hmm. you know, Godzilla-sized crabs terrorizing a city, just trying to fight each other. Mm -hmm. And right now, like, because the game is not out until next Tuesday, I've just been playing through the campaign. And each campaign just kind of sets you off, or puts you up against each different species of crab. And I'm guessing a few crabs that you don't even get to play as because some of these things are freaking huge. But I mean, but it's been really fun. I mean, it just goes by really fast as well. Like, as soon as you're done fighting one crab, it immediately starts the next fight. But typically, in these single player campaigns, you don't start with an item, but your opponent usually does. And if you defeat them, sometimes they drop their item and you can use it against the next crab. And it just keeps getting more and more ridiculous, which is just always appreciated. Like, in the first level, like first you maybe start fighting a crab that doesn't have a weapon. And then after you defeat it, the one that's, the next one that spawns in is holding a knife. And then after you defeat that one, the next one that spawns in is holding a pistol. Then the next one that spawns in is holding like a giant saber. Then the next one is using like giant like turbine rockets that literally have it like fly at you at like crazy speeds. Or later on in another world. No, that's also pretty cool. It looks like you're fighting in a medieval dining hall. Hmm. or a big bar it kind of looks like um what's that place called a half house
0: in vegas oh the german themed the... restaurant off the street yeah
2: yeah
0: oh, yeah I it kind of looks place. like that but you're but yeah but you're on the floor do. and
2: you know <laughs> you're, you're, you're crab side so the you're the on the floor fighting some... each other and <laughs> and there are some And there's a crab that you fight that's holding like a giant Thor's hammer. That's just really cool because it's big and electrically. And then there's another crab that you fight that's holding like what seems like a demonic sword that fires like missiles at you. And I mean, effects wise and spectacle wise, it's really cool to look at. But yeah, it's. I don't know. It's interesting. Like it, it's just a. It's really. It's just a really fun game, but in short bursts. It's all it is. Right. And it's no fault to it. I mean, they whatever they were aiming for, I feel they executed well. But yeah, I mean, that's just kind of like the kind of feel that I get from the game. Right. And you've only been doing like single
0: play. player so far, right? Since it's not out till the fifteenth.
2: Yeah, I mean, I tried like connecting to a match against other people, just because I mean, obviously, other people do have review codes, mm-hmm. but couldn't connect anyone. So I did do like a few matches around the sea. C- against the CPU, and it does have a ton of tutorials, so there is no... I mean, if you really want to, there is no way you won't know how to play the game. Mm-hmm. Like, it teach you through everything step-by-step, step, like, from movement to picking up weapons, to blocking, to some more advanced techniques, but... Yeah, it's... uh, It's as wacky as I had hoped, but it's just not as sticky as I had hoped. Sure. Like, because, you know, like, after 30 to 40 minutes, I felt like I was... Definitely done for the day. With the game, it's like, yeah. I mean, it's kind of like arms. Like, I enjoy arms, like, the first two or three games. But then after that, no matter how goofy it is or how crazy everything looks, like, it just starts to get a little repetitive. Right. Because at the end of the day, you're you're just kind of swinging your arms. You're just kind of flying them until, like, you hope something happens. And even playing strategic doesn't really help sometimes because sometimes your opponent has a weapon, and it kind of makes the only strategy you have, which is blocking um, kind of pointless, but it, is, it I could definitely see see it being way more fun and chaotic when you actually get four people playing. Mm-hmm. And I believe it's cross-platform, so oh yeah, it is, it is, it definitely is. So I mean, that's also actually pretty cool, especially if you have if you know someone that has it on Steam. So w- but... would you
0: say? I think it's like twenty bucks. The final game when it comes out. Would you say? Given what you know about single player, and I guess an extrapolation of how you think multiplayer would be, that's worth those twenty bucks, or is it kind of one of those you have to wait and see situations?
2: You kind of have to wait and see because the way a computer plays is also, I mean, typically it's way different than how a person plays. So it's really hard to judge that the battles would be as easily monotonous after a while, mm-hmm. like. You know, I mean, it's all different than playing Smash Bros. Online versus a computer. Like, it's just way different. Right, right. Like, yeah, human-controlled Ness is nothing like computer-controlled Ness. <laughs> and that could be the case for these crabs, but I guess we'll have to find out soon.
0: Right. So,
2: for now, it's, um, I mean, it's like a cautious yes, just because it seems fun. I mean, yeah, just because it can be fun. But, you know, it's just one of those games that you have in conjunction, that you play in conjunction with other multiplayer, like, quick games, kind of like... um star bears and um what's the other one called uh horse
0: horsing around no not horse uh horsing around's a bojack show uh you're thinking no um, I um yeah i know what you're thinking um wow it's escaped me too it's on it's on switch kevin knows it yeah it's a platform one yeah where you have to build the obstacles and then try and get over them
2: oh wow i don't th- it's something with a horse and yeah. ultimate,
1: ultimate
0: chicken horse. Ultimate chicken
2: ultimate horse, chicken there horse. we go. Yeah, because yeah, the way so – Yeah, like, U- ultimate chicken horse, Um, Towerfall. You know, yeah, like I guess just to
0: bring it full circle, yeah, it sounds like this is the type of game to your initial question of is it a deeper game or something that's just in a multiplayer rotation. It sounds like as it stands, multiplayer rotation possibly yeah, it's beyond just, it's
2: just a fun multiplayer rotation one. right like which, everyone will get a kick out of it but after a couple of rounds you'll be like alright let's go to the next one right
0: which the switch has a lot of those so it's cool that there's just like a constant stream of new ones to rotate in so to speak
2: yeah I mean it, it does have going for it that it plays and looks nothing like any of these other <laughs> ones it's like definitely trying to do its own thing which is really really appreciated mm-hmm. it's not a 2d one shot kill one it's
0: right right like battle loon know. or one it's of those like, yeah yeah
2: yeah, or Towerfall. Or, or Towerfall,
0: yeah. Yeah but, yeah.
2: but, yeah, I mean, I don't think there even will be anything else like it in a while. I mean, we still don't have Gang Beasts on Switch. Do we have Gang Beasts we on Switch? We do not have Gang like Beasts on, free,
0: on Switch, but we have a knockoff coming to Switch called, like, Jelly People, Jelly Humans, something like that. It's basically Gang Beast, but not. Uh, so, just, well, yeah. if you really need That's Gang Beasts now. on Switch, you can get the knockoff. <laughs> I don't know why it's not on yeah. Switch. It seems, I mean, like, Human Fall flat, Flat's on it Switch. It was going to be on Wii U. Like, it was at one point. But, like, yeah. Human Fall Flat came to Switch, and that's, like, the same basic physics engine, if you think about it. I mean, they're different, but it's very similar. Like, if one come No, work, it is. Other... I
2: mean, I thought it was made by the same people because the character yeah. or the main character players almost moves identical. Yeah, so kind of odd that it's not.
0: But at least there's fight crab, photorealistic fight crab.
2: <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, the, the title screen is – or I guess the title int- – the intro is also really good. It's just um, dramatic anime intro music set to, I guess, the backdrop of, like, crabs fighting each other. And (laughs) they definitely did a really good job with that. Nice. So what do... Actually, I think that's even part of the trailer, which anyone could check
0: out. I'm sure once the game's out, people upload the intro, too. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah.
0: But uh, any other thoughts on Fight Crab? What? I said any other thoughts on Fight Crab, or is that pretty much... Oh no! Up. No, that's pretty much it. Yeah. So, Kevin, what have you been playing? I think I know, but I'm actually not sure.
1: Uh, yeah, I don't know. Am, am I allowed to talk about this? Even though it's a, it is a game on Switch. Even though Rogue I Company,
0: right? A PC. Yeah, I've been playing Rogue Company. Yeah, I mean, because uh, it, it's a cross-platform free to play. So a Star
2: Wars story. <laughs> no.
0: <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's uh, yeah. Why not? I think it's fair game. I've done it before. Come on, let's. Yeah, let's exactly. You just did it with uh, uh, Watch a few weeks ago. Carry in. Uh, yeah.
1: And then, uh, okay, so I'll, I'll talk about the game first, I guess. Uh, yeah, sure. so Rogue Company is a 4v4 competitive shooter published by hi Res Studios, the guys that, I think they're the developers of, like, Smite and mm-hmm. Paladins, Paladins, but they, they yep. didn't actually develop this one, uh, another company did, and the name, can't think of uh, the name of, of the people that made this
2: but it's a oh, different from any of the other shooters you play cuz it seems like there's a lot of four player team shooters No lately. it's
1: it's a very it's a very similar uh but but one big difference is that this one is uh three uh 3D shoot, no what third person thir, third. is a third person shooter oh, as opposed to person. a lot of the uh of the of the first person shooters that I play but it's very much influenced by your CS:GO, your Valorant, your Overwatches um 4v4 apex mm, no it, this one is not a battle royale it's just it's just a 4v4. oh it's if
0: not it, i assumed it no, was not. for some reason
2: hmm uh felt so like team fortress sure let's yeah <laughs> no one even talk about that game anymore well, it well, it props to high res for too. not
0: making a battle royale in the age of battle royales like that in of itself i feel is kind of commendable <laughs> in the same way is not i'm
1: sure they will eventually Wow. <laughs> uh, but anyways, uh, currently there is two game modes that you can play. Demolition, which is your standard sort of search and destroy mode from, like, Call of Duty, where you you have two bomb sites. One team has the bomb and they got to plant it, and the other team has to defend it. But you could just pretty much win the round by killing everybody on the enemy team, so you don't even have to really plant the bomb. And then there's Strikeout, which is... Which is just a deathmatch with limited, with like a limited shared life pool. So I think you can you guys have like 20 life tickets or whatever, 20 respawn tickets. And there's a point on the map that switches up every now and then where if you capture that point and after like two minutes, if you're still holding on to the point, the enemy team will lose a life. So those are the two game modes. And then there's, let me think off the top of my head. Uh, I think there's eleven characters to choose from right now, and there are there are empty slots that are definitely going to be used for future characters in the future. Future mm-hmm. characters in the future, no da.
0: <laughs> double future.
1: Yeah. Uh, d- does the double future uh, cancel? Out? Is it like the double negative rule?
0: Yeah, and then you actually have future? characters. Which from the- multiply it. Mm. I think I think it cancels down. Future. You actually go back to the past. So the next character yeah. is going to be Abe Lincoln, as well. It's basically it. Super future. Yeah,
1: but uh, each character has their own specific loadout. Each character has their own specific uh, like ability and passive ability. There's one character who whose name is oh, and they all have like generic these generic names that I'm starting to get like mad at when you think about the <laughs> yeah. the, the names of characters from like. Valorant or uh, Overwatch Apex and now this game Mm -hmm. so there's one character whose name's Dallas who who his ability is like he'll snap his fingers and then he'll scan the area around him and and any enemies in that area will will you'll see like their outline there's another character that can put up this big shield there's another character who can like just give himself a, a quick little 25 health point buff Um, it's, it's really funny because I feel like the game is generic by all accounts, but I'm having a lot of fun with it. The gunplay is fine. Uh, there's just something addictive about it that I can't put my finger on. It's, yeah, it's just, it's just so generic, but, but the, the characters are all have decent, uh, designs. The maps all look bright, uh, yeah, I, I don't know what it is about this game that that's definitely got me hooked. And right now, it's in beta. It's in beta mode. Although you can pay for it, uh, I paid for I paid I think twenty dollars, and I was able to to get all the uh, all the agents. I think that's what they're called. Yeah, all the agents or all the rogues. I I don't, I don't even remember. <laughs> but uh, from that's how what, generic it is. <laughs> yeah, I, I swear. If I'm gonna the next next quarantine chronicles, I'm gonna bring up a bunch of names of all these characters and I'm gonna say, alright, which one's the apex character and you guys aren't gonna know. The that, you it know it it sound was, like I was gonna make all that all the
0: same game. i was about to make that point that like I understand the character driven shooters are a thing right now, but like there's going to be a point where everything's super generic or super, like, you know, tropey or – and I think we've hit that point because every game – like, I remember at the Game Awards last year, they had, like, What's-His-Name-From-Apex do a whole bit with Jeff Keighley. Bruh. And I was like, this could be any character from any of these, like, yeah. literally any of them. Yeah.
2: And <laughs> am not going to lie. Like, with a few exceptions, like, I thought the majority of – like, when Overwatch first came out, like, this and Battleborn um, – i thought battleborn had more interesting character designs i thought like um the blizzard ones or at least the overwatch ones didn't really feel that inspired like i didn't i thought tracer looked very generic for some reason but i guess over time i guess like you know they just kind of grow on you even though i haven't played the game i guess because i watched a lot of their animations or the little shorts like i started to i guess like the characters a lot i think what one but... uh, or sorry i cut you off but, I mean, they also have, like, the marketing power to do that versus these other hero games where, you know, they're kind of just stuck in that game. Unless you play it, you won't really, I guess, get attached to them.
0: I think the one that if was most uh, egregious to me was I was watching the Ubisoft Forward, which we'll get to later in the show, and they showed off that uh, basically Battle Royale sports game, extreme sports game. Um Rogue I forgot what it's called. I, I, I yeah. Something, Something like that. And they had a person with a bear costume head on and i was like wait so does Fortnite? or maybe they have a tiger or something but it's like the exact same like the aesthetics are so everything's bleeding together so much now because there's only so many like let's have the whimsical person who wears like half a furry costume and they all have that now it's just like it's it's yeah it's so same samey everywhere now it feels like and even though some have more marking power and can become more of a thing than others like it's so same samey <laughs> writer's republic there we go That's hmm. the thing. writer's republic yeah
1: yeah, but but anyways, yeah, the the gameplay, it's it's fun. Uh, they absolutely need to add a couple of things. They need a ranked mode. They need to add a couple of new maps. But like I said, it's currently in beta, and I don't think they've said when it's coming out. Uh, crossplay is enabled, so I was playing with a, with a buddy who's on PS4, and for the Switch owners out there, uh, I saw the video that Digital Foundry put out, and they said that it was a very very good port. So. There shouldn't be like any problems with that Switch
0: port. hi Res is very good about that. From what I remember, Paladins and Smite also got high marks from Digital Foundry. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Uh, th- also, me and Jason, huge Run the Jewel fans. This game yeah. has, uses a bunch oh. of Instrumentals from Run the Jewels songs.
0: Really? I would yeah, never the, have thought that. That's so the, random. The,
1: char- the character selects, or the rogues, whatever, the agent selects, from, <laughs> uh, uses yeah. an Instrumental of uh, Legend Has It. Huh. Uh, at one point uh in between the transition in between like the character select screen and as soon as you're into a game uses a uh, live from the garden or no, not really? live from the- uh call ticket yeah the Ticketron yeah. song yeah and then there's another one i think there's in the in the danger room is also used at one point in the game
0: interesting i wonder I how so- that came Ooh. about i wonder if those yeah. are placeholders because it's a beta. i wonder, <laughs> I wonder if run the,
1: right into I wonder the danger if room. run
0: the jewel's nose that, that my guess is used. they do not <laughs> if yeah it's instrumental i'm guessing they don't it's funny that's because really i've been funny.
1: streaming this game and i do get copyright claims because oh of, really yeah because <laughs> right because the, run, the run the jewels yeah so that's interesting huh, but uh that yeah aside from that, that's real company fun little game definitely do not i would say don't pay for it <laughs> just go the, is, the, yeah. the free to play route for right now uh but i am having fun with it uh, i am having fun with trying out every new uh every rogue agent character whatever what have you
0: (laughs) every Uh, person
1: (laughs) yeah every person
0: yeah i was thinking of like i remember when they showed it in a (laughs) generic fun Uh, that that uh... would be my tagline for the game generic but fun that's a back-of-the-box quote if i've yeah if i've ever heard one but yeah i do remember watching the original uh partner showcase where they revealed it for switch like back in july or whatever and i was watching like this is kind of cool but i was also like but also, nothing about it stands out to me. <laughs> like, yeah. I was like, it looks cool in motion, but, like, I forgot about it five minutes later. So glad to hear that, like, it, there is some fun to be had in that genericness.
2: Whatever happened to that Battle Royale game that lost out to... I don't think it
0: ever was released. Overwatch. No, you mean Overwatch. I mean, not Overwatch. Mean um, the one that... that... other one. Yes, the one that was coming to Wii Fortnite. U, was it? No, Switch. We'll switch, I think. Yeah, we played it at uh, E3 a few years ago. It was, made... it was cool because it was made by two guys. Um, like it, it, and they were like, they were doing it when Fortnite wasn't quite what it is now. Like it Fortnite came to switch that same week that we played it. Um, I yeah. don't remember what it's called though, but yeah, I, I felt really bad for them because it was literally like a little indie project and they're doing the entire build the island, have the walls come in thing. And it just like never made it. Cause it got basically swallowed up whole by, um, the big, you know, behemoth that is Fortnite. Worked Fort fight. Yeah. Um, cool. Yeah, I don't remember what it was called, though. I'm trying to find it real quick. But if if anyone remembers, tweet it to Nintendo and uh, we'll give you a like. That's worth something, I'm sure, maybe. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, well, I guess that's what we've been playing. I mean, I, I don't have much. I started getting back into Mario Kart Tour because of the promotion to, if you play Mario Kart Tour, you get the pin set for the Mario Anniversary. And then I found myself actually kind of liking Mario Kart Tour. Like, not enough to maybe go, like, super long-term with it. But now that it has a landscape mode. Make me sick. Well, now that it has like a landscape mode and like gyro controls and like all the issues I had with it on the gameplay side are kind of resolved. Now the only concerns I have with it are the free-to-play monetization stuff. But even then I found it being way more uh, less like intense about it, getting back into it. But maybe they ease me in and maybe in a week I'll feel otherwise. But that's pretty much um, the other thing I've been playing. But I did want to say that it is a lot better to control with gyro in landscape mode. Although it's weird because every time you play in landscape, when you finish the race, you have to switch back to portrait. Like you have to rotate the phone to do the menus. They didn't make the menus, but like that's just a menu thing. Like in the broader picture, it's not that bad. Like it is weird to rotate, but it's not that bad. So that that's really all I've been playing. But it's maybe a good uh, segue to talking about to talk about what Nintendo announced in their latest direct, which is a phrase we haven't been able to say in a long time. Um, granted, it was a direct solely dedicated to the Mario 35th anniversary and its plans. But nonetheless, it was nice to finally have Nintendo string together multiple first-party game announcements in a single presentation for, I think, the first time since the before time, since pre-pandemic. Um, and they did it with this, you know, 35th anniversary Direct. Uh, and one of the biggest announcements is also the nearest to release. That is Super Mario 3D All-Stars, the long-rumored compilation of Mario 64, Mario Sunshine, and Super Mario Galaxy. That's Galaxy 1 not galaxy two just galaxy one and uh it arrives this friday 15 days after it's announced it's on store shelves so literally five days from now and uh yeah what do you what you guys think of mario all-stars the 3d collection yeah i mean I or guess the 2d of, one if you uh go down memory lane
2: <laughs> i mean i guess kind of the way you passive aggressively jammed at it um i think that kind of sums up everything pretty much everything you said um like, long-rumored, yeah, like, to the point of nausea, and it just kind of sucks. Like, this is definitely, like, the perfect example why I hate rumors so much, or at least, mm-hmm. like, any kind of, quote-unquote, just news leak from Nintendo, because even if they're not true, I mean, it doesn't matter, but it just sets expectations it's up. And this one definitely did just that. Like, it set everyone up for, like, impossibly high expectations. Maybe not impossibly high, but... Either way, it just gave them expectations that Nintendo clearly didn't meet. Because it sounds like a lot of people are very upset with the compilation, either because it's missing a game, because it's not remastered enough, or some other reason. Well, I think uh, I'm raising my hand. I, I just kind of <laughs> like I just kind of wish like we people had just shut up and not said anything about it. Because then at least this way it would have been like, like, oh, it's kind of neat, and then that would have been it. But because it's been sitting in people's minds for a while. Like, even mine, like, I thought, like, at minimum, it would include Galaxy 2. Um, 3D World always felt like it was going to get its own release, and it did. Mm-hmm. But this one definitely felt like it was going to have a little more, especially more besides, like, just, like, a music player. Like, maybe a little museum or just, like, some little tidbits or historical facts about each game. But it almost feels underwhelming now. What could have been a decent surprise, now
0: it just feels like a disappointment. I just didn't but know. so yeah. well actually Kevin you were raising your hand you you go and then I have a
1: Oh no I was raising my hand in when Angel said that that now people are upset which I mean I want to call myself yeah. upset but I could def- I definitely roll my eyes I it's like really that's that's literally it you yeah. you just slapped Mario 64 on it put it in a high resolution you can do anything with it like sunshine So I do I sunshine you know sunshine sunshine I love sunshine I know people out there, don't like sunshine. Uh, oh,
0: sunshine's great. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Yeah,
1: 100%. and then Galaxy. Yeah, I love Galaxy. But then, then came out like, oh, yep, you still have to use motion, motion controls. It's like no, you don't. It's optional.
0: They mapped them to the buttons too. X button.
1: Okay, and then Galaxy. It looks like it looks like I'm just never gonna play Galaxy two, since they're they're omitting it from this and just the the memories of everybody since it wasn't included in that video that, <laughs> that they put out as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because I didn't want to admit that's on the past. It's just but, very um, I do think
1: uh, it just feels very half assed to me. Which is weird it, considering it that does. it's the thirty fifth anniversary. Who who celebrates the thirty fifth anniversary in this way?
2: <laughs> Did you
0: just skip <laughs> the, the level def- like they I, were I, think,
2: I felt obligated yeah. to? I think they could have just waited until 'til forty.
0: So I do think um like before we, I have I agree with a lot of what you're saying, but I do think before we go into all the problems with this, it is kind of worth acknowledging that like these are kind of great games. Like, it is cool. Like, I mean, obviously, we will buy more, but like, I'm excited to revisit Mario Sunshine. Uh, you know, having Mario 64 and Mario Galaxy accessible in this way is kind of cool. Like, we obviously have played these before and whatnot. There's a whole younger generation or other audience where this is like a bit of a history lesson for them. Because, like, you know, Mario 64 is 24 years old. The DS release itself was like 16 years ago, too, or but, something like that. And what, Sunshine's like 18 years old. But what eight year old so, is going
1: to want to play Mario 64, considering he has way better looking games out there?
0: Well, I don't know if it's all about graphics. I mean, what, like, when Game Boy Advance came out and they released every single Mario Advance game, you know, and those were just ports of Super Nintendo games. Yeah, but, games, but like, the
1: Game Boy Advance was limited yeah, in its capability. The Switch can absolutely handle a much better-looking Mario 64. Yeah. It, the fact that yeah. Mario 64 is probably, like, one of the most important games of all time. And for They could have put Mario their... 64,
2: like, DS. Yeah. That looks better. Well, they could have yeah, just, like, yeah.
0: remapped the controls. I, I think... I think you're not included in there. So, yeah, I think... I think um. Overall, it is, yeah, exactly. Or the multiplayer bound mode. I think overall, what happened here, and this is Nintendo's fumble, is, well, yeah, you're right, Angel. I think uh, you hit the nail on the head with the rumor thing. Like, because, you know, even if people didn't set high expectations, what's kind of weird about 3D All Stars is that Nintendo's, they swerved around basically every possible expectation of what a re release could be, even by their own previous standards. And I think that in of itself because you're saying oh if people didn't have the rumor they wouldn't have gotten their hopes up i think the end product and the reason people feel how they feel and i'm so excited to pick it up but i wish it had more is because um they didn't do anything consistent with how they used to do things because there are basically three types of re-release nintendo has done before there's the hd remake there's the deluxe edition and there's the anniversary collection right and they've done all three of those and they're all kind of different and this doesn't check any of those boxes because like if you look at like an hd remake um this one always felt like the furthest reach to me that they'd actually like change the art style of these games like nintendo rarely does that they did it with wind waker hd um you could argue the original mario all-stars is basically the early 90s equivalent of that because you know they did 8-bit to 16-bit and they took all the 8-bit games and kind of reskinned them um, but so for nintendo that's kind of unusual but to your point kevin yeah i think a lot of kids maybe are looking at what Activision's been doing lately with Crash and Crash Team Racing and even just Tony Hawk this month and seeing that they're completely overhauling the games and that does make 3D All-Stars seem extremely minimal even if by Nintendo standards they'd be odd man out to do that. Like, they did do some stuff. They cleaned up textures in Mario 64, um but it's still 4x3. They're like yeah, ports. Like they def- that, def- I think that's the <laughs> part that kills. Yeah. They're like def- still 4x3. Jesus Christ. Yeah, are you yeah. kidding and me? Then, and then like Mario Sunshine, and yet, and yet they, they made open, it 69, uh, and they got rid of some of the muddiness, but that's it. And then Galaxy, yeah, they now support non-motion controls, like I was saying, but that's, that's it. Like, you're right. Like, if you're someone going into it today, you know, especially with the trend of the industry remaking things in real ways, this feels very separated. I mean, like, they could have... The reaction guys when I said four three Mario 64, yeah they could have made Mario 64 widescreen I mean they they don't have to render anything new they just stretch out the sides essentially and not even stretch it they just lift the black bars like it's it's funny because like right after Nintendo shared that they are keeping Mario four three like literally the next day but Bethesda trots out that their re- their uh, re releases of Doom one and two from the early nineties are getting widescreen support and gyro aiming for Switch for free in an update for everyone who already Ooh, bought the game and those games were bad. five bucks a pop to start like it wasn't like this is a huge investment that they're doubling down just, on like if they can do it it feels like mario 64 can do it you just talked about tony hawk uh being remastered tony hawk the first
1: two yeah. tony hawk games were, were remastered were it's not even a remaster it's just straight up a remake that game costs 40 dollars.
0: yeah and this costs 60 industry games
1: you already have yeah which brings me Including to point number 2 for a game that you have played
2: millions and millions of times. Well, we have. Z. We have.
0: Oh, true. There's an audience that hasn't. Yeah. But like I said, who And that, and that's the, the thing the like audience for us, that playing
2: it on the Wii U last month of, and beat it in
0: less than 30 minutes. Of the
1: audience that hasn't played it, who's going to choose to play Mario 64 over Sunshine or even
0: Galaxy? It's it's a fair point. And I think mm. I think um
2: only people that are curious about the history of it would play it. I think most people would just kind of pass. I don't know, but maybe that, but maybe that's why it's only available for one year because it's not really a
0: well. Well, I think games. I think there's bigger issues even than they just did Mario 64. I mean, Angel, you brought up the point that like where are the mini games? Like I I think like the expectation I had from the rumors is that they were going to do kind of what they do with their deluxe editions, right? Because I said there's like three ways this could go. Like I thought they were going to do extra content. Like if you look at the bulk. Nintendo ports for I don't know how many years now. Like they really like to do the whole deluxe edition thing. You know, take an existing game, give it a few touch-ups uh, like they're kind of doing with 3D All-Stars in terms of visually, but then augment it with additional content or extras or something. Like, you know, New Super Mario Bros. U had um, the DLC included and they added Nabbit and Peachette and uh, you know, mechanics for them. Then you had like twilight princess HD where they added a hero mode and that cave tower challenge thing, or even Pikmin deluxe, which comes out next month, like within weeks of all stars that has new side missions, difficulty sayings, Emmy encyclopedia. You know, we talked about a few episodes ago and it, yeah. I don't think 170 music tracks in of it. so that's cool. That's cool. But I don't quite get why they did that, but left out to what you're saying, Angel. Cause I did want to focus back on this for a second. The Mario 64 content. Mario 64 DS exists. Even if they say, okay, 64 DS is weird. You played as multiple characters. Hats became abilities to turn into those characters. Like, it wasn't really Mario 64. It was like a spin-off. Fine. Don't include that. Whatever. But why not include the minigames that don't require touch controls? Why not include the multiplayer mode for a system, the Switch, that focuses on multiplayer? Like, they were hyping up, oh, Mario Galaxy includes the co-op feature, which is nice. But, like, Mario 64 DS had that whole arena that's battle thing yeah. yeah where you i don't know if you remember it did you play it much oh, where yeah. you're like yoshi and you put on the different hats and you had different abilities and you basically like fought each other it's kind of fun and like that seems like an easy oh, thing yeah, to that's, just up res it. it's also how
2: the basic game were but uh, the you meant like the or i guess they were all like fight for stars essentially
0: yeah yeah but i mean um yeah like they could just like it feels like a missed opportunity i mean to really draw the parallel if you want to look at past nintendo mario all-stars original on the Super Nintendo, came with the Mario Bros. mode for two-player. You know, the one that was then the staple in, like, every Game Boy Advance Mario re-release? Like, that was there. I don't know why they didn't do the 3D equivalent here. It just feels weird.
2: Well, I mean, Nintendo just doesn't seem to like making good choices sometimes.
0: Like, Well, I don't think it's good choices. I think it's cheap choices. I think they like money, and they can get a little stubborn when they're on top.
2: Good choices for the consumer. Right, I mean, just, I mean, just look at the, the Wii release of Super Mario All-Stars. I mean, there is a version of Super Mario All-Stars that includes Super Mario World. It's just called Mario All-Stars Plus Super Mario World. Yeah. But nope, they just gave us the version without it. They literally just... They consciously gave us a ROM with one less game, even though they could have given us
0: that extra one. Because they wanted to keep those virtual console sales up. That's the reason. They wanted to keep selling Mario World on the virtual console. Um but but it is funny because like where I'm saying all this stuff about like, oh, I'm really disappointed that they didn't do a deluxe edition content for, 3, for 3D collection. But uh, to take a bit of a detour here, it's funny because I expected the anniversary collection – or 3D All-Stars to be what 3D World was in terms of added content. Like I don't know if you guys – Nintendo did a horrible job of presenting Super Mario 3D World in the presentation I feel like because they're like, hey – here it is again. We added a thing called Bowser's Fury. It's kind of DLC, but we won't really tell you what it is. And I was like, all right, that's fine. I probably don't need to spend $60 on that. But then, like, after the presentation, some of these other details started to come out, and like, Nintendo's putting a lot of effort into it. it if anything, it's a director's cut of the game. Like, Game Explained noticed they're literally speeding up the gameplay, which. Honestly, like the characters were kind of heavy in the original, so that that makes some sense. They're adding uh new moves, like the mid-air dive from Aussie. They're changing up camera angles. They're fine-tuning levels and mechanics and other stuff. And then on top of that, they're adding full online multiplayer support. And this is on top of the DLC thing they're doing separately. Like this feels like the type of like, oh yeah, they're enhancing things. I would have guessed the others would have gotten like not necessarily graphical overhauls, but like some sort of like nips and tucks and tweaks. And yet. It's 3D World. That's surprisingly now on my radar, something I actually might get when I had zero intention. I mean, I don't know how you guys felt about the 3D World uh, port, so to speak, but I was kind of impressed.
2: Um, I still don't want to get it, but I want to play the Bowser content, and I don't think that's going to be available without it. So, screw you,
0: Nintendo. It's kind of how I feel. <laughs> um... But, like, the online thing, like, I, I feel like they probably didn't anticipate this, but, like, and who knows what the COVID situation will be. But to have a co-op Mario experience that's now online that wasn't before, it's kind of cool. Like, it's a way to experience the game differently than you may have the first time.
2: I, I mean, it's definitely a different way to experience it. I think it's definitely, I mean, obviously not everyone has the opportunity to play it with other people. But, yep, I mean, I, like played me. it, I, I played it the first time around entirely in co-op, and I really, really enjoyed it, especially because it was local. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, obviously you can't expect that to be as easy in these times. So having the ability to play online is great. But considering, like, most people that, like, I was reading up on, or and including myself, like, we literally 100% of the game, like, beat everything. So even if you have those improvements, it still might be a chore to play through just to get to the Bowser content, and I think skip that. But I feel like right now I'm just going to kind of wait until I see that extra content is substantial. I mean, it kind of sucks that the value of the entire thing is kind of dependent upon the Bowser content, because I think like no matter what, it's not going to be worth $60, because obviously the value comes from the main game and the Bowser's content, but the main game may as well not be there, as far as I'm concerned. Well, I, th- I think there's something we need to distinguish just I'm in that here. Just because I'm in that special circumstance, that, yeah, yeah, I was gonna say, where I'm kind of punished
0: here. for having played the game. All before. of all the complaints we <laughs> have, we you we you owners are pretty much being punished. Yeah, for thirteen million Wii U out of Wii U. thirteen million out of sixty million. Yeah, which is you know, let's say everyone that bought Wii U bought Switch, that's still a decent chunk of Switch. But that's something that we should be mindful of. I think is um, we're com- we're obviously complaining from a place where we have experienced these games before and know what can be. Yeah, but like for people where world. this is all brand new content, it's pretty cool. Yeah, this is brand new. Like country. I mean, like Kevin, are you yeah. are you interested in three D world? Yeah, absolutely. I never got to play. It. I didn't have a Wii U. Yeah. So like So like you're we're like the right now we have like the perfect trifecta of people because we have Angel who's like I beat it, I don't want to do it again, me who's like, oh but I could do things differently this time, and you who's like, well, I've never even done it. And I think Nintendo knows not all three of us are going to be happy and they're catering it in certain directions. Um what that means yeah, Nintendo, though is that, you know, a part of their lineup is now filled with this instead of something that may have been entirely new and of interest to you, Angel. So it does kind of suck yeah as being someone that supported them in the wii u days now you feel sort of like well what, what's in it for me now but um it's just finding that balance i guess between all their stuff because how you feel about 3d world kevin might very well be how a bunch of people feel about galaxy or sunshine or even 64 on the collection because mm. like i i know a few people anecdotally who are like super psyched because they never played like sunshine or galaxy and to us it's like how dare they like they don't it even as an anniversary collection it's missing stuff like i like like to us, that's egregious and horrible. But like to some people, she's like, "Oh, cool, three games for sixty bucks." Like if I buy them used, and let's say I have the consoles, but if I buy them used, they add up to about the same. But now I have them on the go. That's cool. So sixty you bucks, know, it, it is kind of Jesus Christ. It might be. It might Cons- be. I will say the thing that, that bothers me.
1: Super Mario. Let's let's not beat around the bush. Super Mario sixty four at this point should cost five dollars across the board.
0: Yeah, yeah. And those other should. two or games, maybe eight. Don't, I'd or, give them eight. No, It's still a big game. It's still a huge game. Like, just because it's older doesn't mean it doesn't have a lot of content.
1: But it's a game that's been re-released
0: so many times. Twice. Twice. Well, four times. Yeah. Four times, actually. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Exactly. But yeah, and I think I think that brings up... So, you know, I was saying there's like three potential expectations going into this, and Nintendo somehow failed all of them. That brings up the other one. It's like, fine. If Nintendo's not going to release the games in a different way, we know it's a re-release. We, the fans, have played it a bunch of times why didn't they do the anniversary collection thing? Like, you know, a potential counter argument that I was kind of making is you do get three Mario games as is, which is true, but, like... I still feel like I'm getting ripped off. Yeah, because, like, so I have right here, I plucked them out from my shelf. I have the Kirby Dream, Kirby's Dream Collection Special Edition for the Kirby Anniversary and the Mario All-Stars 25th Anniversary Edition, both for Wii. And they come with more games each, so Kirby... Has Kirby's Dreamland, Kirby's Adventure, Kirby's Dreamland Two, Kirby Superstar, which in of itself has seven games, uh, Kirby's Dreamland Three, and Kirby sixty four. So two D and three D. It comes with new challenges, stages, a Kirby history library, and physically yeah, sure. it comes with some um, Kirby,
2: the Kirby Wii game. It just comes with like some challenges from that game, which is pretty crazy. Yeah, I actually, i yeah. playing
0: those. And and uh, yeah, from Kirby Return to Dreamland. And yeah, there you go. physically, because I have it physically here, it also comes with a CD compilation CD. So you can listen to stuff not by having your Switch on like you need to do with Mario. And a Kirby history uh, like interactive timeline thing on the disc. Then Mario, which is also right here, comes in a nice fancy box with a Velcro. And it comes with obviously Mario All-Stars, not Mario World as you noted. But also a CD so you can listen to music anywhere. And a Mario Origins history art book thing in the box. Both of these were at full MSRP when they came out. But they felt like a little more of a thing because you didn't just have the games. You had these nice packages. They're embossed. They're shiny. You had physical, tangible items. They were more of a collectible. So if Nintendo just wants to re-release, at least you could say, like, hey, we're do- we're putting out the stuff you had before, but we're making it in this new package, like a Criterion collection. Yeah, do
2: what Limited Run does. I mean, they just put out for pre-order, I think starting yesterday, the the Game Boy Color Shantae game, and it comes yeah. in, a, in a replica Game Boy Color case. And and, and, and And even the cartridge still works, but it also, I think it has like a digital code, but...
0: And I think that is ultimately where the fault lies with Nintendo, with this project. I think expectations of it being an HD, personally, of it being an HD remake were never going to happen because they typically don't do that. I think the enhanced edition could have maybe happened. That would have been a stopgap. As soon as it was a edition of
2: any kind, they definitely weren't going to do... If it was just, like, Mars Sunshine or just Super Mars 64, then
0: I could definitely see that. exactly. And at the end of the day, the thing is, so, okay, if they're not going to do any of that and they're not going to throw in bonus modes, which they could have done. I mean, Kirby had them, uh, you know, the Dream Collection. If they're not going to do either of those things and then they say it's a limited edition collection, that points to, again, these guys, these boxes, these fancy things. And I think that's what's throwing me off is – The box you buy – I'm buying it physical because I'm buying all my games physical. The box you buy is literally just a random normal Switch case with a cartridge in it. That's it. And what's even weirder is they're saying it's limited time, and this is the other thing people have an issue with. They say it's limited time, but um, that includes the digital. So on March 31st, 2021, the digital 3D All-Stars collection will evaporate off the eShop.
2: For some reason?
0: Yeah, and I think – I, it's certainly a choice. I mean, how do you guys feel about that? Like actually pulling digital content off the shop instead of just physical?
2: Um, Dumb? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't <laughs> know. Like, I, I don't, there's no good reason to ever do it unless it's just strictly marketing purposes. Like, Which it, As yeah. a consumer, we, we gain nothing from it. It's just a sleazy business move. That's all it is. You could try to yeah. justify it, but there's no reason why anyone should ever have to do that.
0: Yeah, because like on on Nintendo's side, you know, on the simplest level, it's a supply and demand thing, obviously, right? Like, if Nintendo limits the supply to a specific time frame, they can shoot demand way up, guarantee strong sales. You know, it's no coincidence that uh, four days after the announcement of Three D All Stars, Amazon's second best selling game in all of twenty twenty, only behind Animal Crossing, is now Mario Three D All Stars. It's so like it does work as much as it sucks. But uh, yeah, I think my my I think my gripe is that like in this direct. Uh, we saw three different approaches to this idea of limited run or limited edition or limited capacity. It really amounts to Nintendo's version of the Disney Vault, right? Like re releasing and revamping titles from the back catalog, but doing so in these kind of limited run ways to maximize the effectiveness of the, you know, get the sales up as high as they can. But this one just felt like so much weaker because it didn't really have any sort of justification besides we don't want money. Like to your point, Angel, like there was no, you know, there's a no physical run for an eShop download, so they could say yeah we don't want print embossed boxes, but they're not even doing embossed boxes. But they could say we don't want print boxes, okay. But you is your server like does your server get a virus on April first? Like it's just it's it's arbitrary, yeah. Um, yeah. So again, it's weird because I'm actually very excited to have Portable Mario Sunshine to have. That's really the only one I'm super psyched about. Like, Galaxy feels fresh in my mind still. 64, you know, it's, I've, I've played it a bunch. But, like, Sunshine I'm super hyped about. But there's all this weird, like, like stuff around it that's just kind of like, ah, oh, why is this not what it could have been? Um, yeah, but yeah. So definitely. unless there's anything else you guys wanted to touch on with 3D All-Stars, I guess we could talk about those more effective or reasonable, shall you say, uh, limited releases that are, were also announced alongside 3d all-stars because the other ones personally at least i think have a bit they're more logic to why they are how they are they're also much more interesting they are so so let's jump into that unless anyone had any other thoughts real quick okay we take that as a no uh so first up is super mario uh, super mario bros 35 which is quite literally the tetris 99ing of the original super mario brothers same developers same interface for choosing a ma- uh, like a multitude of opponents to target same concept of taking like a single player thing and making it a battle royale. Here though, um, it's there for other opponents, not 99. And instead of sending garbage uh, garbage blocks to target folks as they clear lines, you're trying to run through Mario levels. And by jumping on or clearing enemies, those enemies are then sent to other players' screens. And the added twist is you now have an item roulette as you're going through the level that gives you additional abilities to get rid of those additional enemies, essentially. So what do you guys think of it?
2: seems cool. I'm kind of – I'm annoyed that it's only going to be available
0: for about a year, but it seems really cool. Less than a year, like five months.
2: Yep.
1: It's, it's I going, think it goes away in, going, in March. Yeah, it's going off the same day that, that the 3D All-Stars
2: yeah. goes away. Yeah, they all I mean, go away. I, I was actually excited everything. for that one, and then I heard You could still be then, excited.
0: No, I can't do it anymore. Well, here's the thing. Um, well, first, I mean – well, actually, Kevin, you didn't even say. How are you – what do you think of it?
1: Uh. Could be cool if it's super cool. It sucks that it's being taken away. Uh, you said that you had that there was a reason that this was limited. I'd like to hear your
0: reason. Sure. Well, first I kind of want to set it up by saying I think the concept's very really cool. But okay, I'll, I'll tell you the reason why. Then I'll circle back to why I like about it. Um, about the game, I mean. I think. I think ultimately, it's a so it's a freebie, right? It comes with Switch Online. It's designed as a special event as part of like the broader mario festivity, shall we say and to me i don't see how that's very different if at all in the same way that fortnite or rocket league or any other game with a premium pass you buy a subscription to syncs modes in and out over time i mean in an ideal world yeah you could play it forever but i don't think it's nearly as greedy as mario all-stars because every game does this with different modes and from Nintendo's perspective like it for us it's a cool limited thing yeah to do. i mean for them you could
2: make that comparison but I feel like they don't do that that often, and this is just a really cool concept that just seems like a shame to have to take away after. So I don't think they're actually going to
0: take it away, honestly. I think they're mm-hmm. going to repackage it and make it a permanent game down the line, the same way Tetris 99 started as a special mode just for Switch Online, and next thing you know, it's a full game that you can buy. Isn't Tetris 99 Granted, kept the-, the,
1: the complete argument to what you're saying? Oh, it's like this season passed, but like, Tetris 99
0: yeah. is here to stay. It's been here to stay. It, it is, but initial initially, it was a season pass type of thing, and that was so popular that Nintendo turned it into a full release. I think ultimately they said Modern that it was going to be a limited. Uh, a limited they, they said it was a one-off mode only for Switch Online subscribers as a free bonus. Okay, so so not said, so not a limited a limited uh, run game. I don't think they put a finite end on it. No. Okay, so this does. Right, but I think ultimately it's gonna go the Tetris 99 route. But what, what I was saying initially is, if I was Nintendo, <laughs> it's a freebie, right? We Nintendo. aren't paying for it. We aren't like doing anything to get it. It just shows up. And really, at that point, it's basically a marketing tool. It's getting people to get Switch Online subscriptions if they haven't already. Right. They're basically placing an urgency on a thing. Like in it, it the same can sort of be said from our All Stars, like by putting a time. I'm not saying it
2: could be justified. People...
0: It just sucks. I don't. Well, I guess it to me it boils down to. I don't think it's that sucky. I don't think it's. I would prefer it was there all the time, but I don't fault them for doing it because, like, like it doesn't care what they do.
2: Like I'm just upset that I'm not gonna be able to play. I mean, I guess obviously we won't know until it actually comes out whether I actually enjoy it enough. But like, say they actually do, just stick with what they say, and it's just gone forever, and that's it. I mean, that sucks.
0: Well, I mean, well, first, first, I should back up and just say, like, I really want. I mean, to I'm not going to hate thing. him for it. It just sucks. No, no, no. And I, I do, I do, like, you know, I'm a Tetris 99 junkie, so I'm pretty excited that this even exists in the first place. I mean, I don't know, like, to your point, if it's going to be good. Like, it, it, if anything, it feels like a more like chaotic real time version of Mario Maker multiplayer than it does like a normal Mario. So I'm curious how it's going to work, but. It, uh And, of course, that leads to a whole nother conversation of what sort of interesting possibilities for other NES game conversions could make. Um, But we'll we'll get to that in a sec. I think think the thing that kind of sucks is, yeah, okay, so the game gets discontinued. But, like, it's not really a game. It's a service is how they're looking at it. And services come and go. And season passes come and go. And I honestly would be okay if they say... For switch online, you have a rotating season of these sorts of battle royale games, and they take out Mario and then sub in, say, a balloon fight battle royale, or like an ice climber battle royale. Actually, ice climber would be really cool. Now that I think about it because it would it's yeah, basically two D fall controls, guys. Yeah. You are platforming upward to the top, and you know, just fight everyone in those polar bear sunglasses and. Like that can be super cool and not, and yeah, and actually Nana and Popo, they're pretty well known because they're in Smash. But yeah, that could work. They should do that. But yeah, if they basically said, hey, a, a reason you need to stay on Switch Online is because we're going to keep rotating these games. So you need to keep your subscription up to make sure that you can try each of them as they come in and out. That's ultimately no different than the rotating catalogs on Netflix or Hulu or whatever. And while I get yeah, it's that's not true. ideal – I. <laughs> Well, I get it's not ideal, I think ultimately these wouldn't exist if Nintendo didn't see a way to make money off them or the movies didn't see a way to make those deals or whatever. So I'd rather have it be limited and rotate versus not at all. I think this is very different than Mario All-Stars. Both of them have a sense of urgency, but one of them you are just buying a thing and it just sits there. This one is strictly created as a marketing tool. So I don't mind it as much because you go in knowing this isn't a per- this isn't a like, you know, you have a game that you buy in the eShop, you assume it's on the eShop. You have a thing that is like a rotating item on a subscription. It's a little different. The expectations are different, I guess I could say. I still would prefer to keep it, but I'm not necessarily faulting them as hard as I think you might be.
2: I'm not faulting them. I just say it sucks. That's it. Fair. But I, I will put it this I'm way. Not, it, it, it doesn't really go any deeper than that. It's just... It just sucks. I'm just seeing it as I play games. If I find a game I like, I want to keep playing it. If it's not available anymore,
0: that sucks. Yeah. Yeah, but I think it's I think it's a bigger problem in the industry in that case than just Nintendo doing it.
2: Yeah, and, I mean it's not just Nintendo. I mean that situation just sucks in general. Yeah. I mean I, I, it's, it was the same thing with Netflix, I mean, or any kind of service. It's like, yeah. Do I know that a lot of these things aren't going to be on the surface forever? It's like, yeah, but that doesn't make it any less like upsetting of a situation when something leaves. I was in the middle of watching all of Rugrats when it just kind of left Netflix abruptly, and yeah, I just never ended up finishing it because there was like no convenient place to watch it. So it does yeah. go back
0: to the con- the conversation we had a couple of years ago about. It's just kind of like like oh,
2: another one of these. All right. Yeah. Except but... this time we know beforehand that it's actually going to leave. So I don't know if that makes it better or worse. I guess it's almost worse.
0: I think it makes it better. Because then you have a chance No, to... it
2: definitely makes it worse. Does it? Yeah. Yeah, because what? this way, like, I, like, before I even can get excited, I already know it's only going to be for a limited time. But I- I'm confused
0: rather... why... I guess I'm confused why you can't have short-term enjoyment of something if there's a long-term... Like, why can't you be into something for a couple months, and then a couple months later, you're just, that's it? Like, do, it it, it it all it. I just said,
2: it, I just said the situation sucks. I could still enjoy it. I'm probably still gonna have the time of my life playing it for a little time it's available. But, but you just, just said your, your leave, excitement sucks. went
0: down. Like, I I guess what I'm saying oh, is, no, we're my, used to my, so no, many my, of my, Yeah, my, of course,
2: yeah. I mean, my anticipation, and excitement for the game went down for sure. Doesn't mean I'm gonna have any less fun with it than I would have otherwise. I'm not gonna like, oh no, Angel, you, you can't have that much fun. <laughs> You're having a little too much fun. Just ho- like reel it back. It's like, no, it's just yeah, my hype for it just kind of got diminished a little.
0: Okay. Yeah, Cause it, It's I, like I, it, it, It's
2: like oh, new Ninja Turtles movies coming out. Like oh, that's awesome by the Seth Rogen crew. Oh, would you rather like not have a Ninja Turtles movie exist? It's like I don't know, maybe. Or see, that's the part I don't that's get. That's the part. I think like, I don't,
0: I don't get. know. Like I think
2: I don't know. Like it doesn't matter. Things that's come out the anyway, part so. I don't
0: get is that tail end there, where you're like, maybe I'd rather not have it at all. That seems very. I don't know. Like, I, I guess because the, the way to think about this in my mind is when we go I to I mean, that's kind of a weird a question to ask judgment.
2: in general because, like, you obviously – hindsight is twenty twenty, and you can never get back to that point. But that's also gets to a very personal part for each person. Sure. Like, it's really case by case. And it's almost impossible to get anyone to, like, agree with that because it literally is, like, very circumstantial. Like, That's my cool. experience is playing. My experience is the way I play games very, very differently from the way you play them. So, any kind of experience or knowing when something's going to come out. Like, I mean, yeah, I, I like with that in mind, it makes perfect. I mean, even if I ignore like everything you just said, um, it still makes it, I could still see why you would care less about it because you do kind of play these games the first couple, like a few times when they come out, you have your fun and you kind of move on. Like, I kind of try to see or. I mean, if I like a game, I just want to keep playing it, you know, until, I don't know, I just how, get how, tired of it.
0: So how do you feel about modes that leave games? How go about modes that what? Leave games, like the season pass stuff. How do you feel about that stuff? It sucks. I, as somebody who plays
1: a bunch yeah. of Destiny and, and having favorite, Destiny is about to do this. Destiny is about to take up a large chunk of content uh, because, well, the game's already bloated enough. But there's a bunch of like good modes in there. It sucks, especially if you yeah, pay, especially same you, thing with Brawl Stars. You, yeah, especially
2: mm-hmm. if you pay for it. There's some there's some modes. Well, yeah, are only available I'm, for one season. Yeah,
1: technically, I'm paying for Nintendo, at, for a Nintendo service, and they're going to give me this one thing that they're going to take take away. Yeah, that kind of sucks.
0: Yeah. Okay.
2: I mean, there was a Godzilla mode in Brawl Stars that was only there for like two months. It was really fun. I don't know why they took it away. It's more fun than other than some of the other modes in the game, but I mean it was obviously for that summer of monsters promotion thing that they were trying to go for. But I think this I mean, is something we're like, going to
0: see more and more of. Honestly, I mean we're
2: just on the consumer. we, we what what are we going to do about it? There's nothing we can do about it except just no. But the I mean like I lives. think
0: I think there is. So it. this goes back to conversation we were having a long time ago about video game preservation. Um, a few years ago about, like, the idea of, like, as things go oh, to streaming man, services yeah. and whatnot. It sucks even more and, for
2: people that are trying to
0: though. stuff. Yeah, exactly. So on they that should be level, the most upset about this. Yeah, so on that level, it absolutely sucks. But I think what's happening is gaming, and we were saying this a few years ago, ga- the concept of what a game is, is changing, right? And I'm not necessarily saying it's great, but what I'm saying is if you think about the type of thing when you go to an event and the event is like ephemeral and you pay money and you go to the event and the event is kind of a one-time thing like a concert or like comic Con, where we go do the experiences or what have you, I think as the industry moves in the direction of things being able to come and go, things being streamed, things being digital, those events exist in part. Obviously, they want to make money, but the idea is, like, you have this thing. You go do the thing. The thing happens. There's an urgency to make sure you can go experience said thing when it happens, and then that's it. And you pay money for that two-hour concert. You pay money for that uh, you know, badge for Comic-Con for four days. Things come and go. Then you just have the memory of it. I think, for better or worse, as we move into, like, this metaverse of stuff and, like, this is where gaming is going. Not every game is going to be, like, a concrete thing that's just there there are going to be promotions events one-offs things like that that come and go so where i guess i'm drawing my line in the sand is when it's something that is presented to you in a traditional format i.e here are some games we are releasing you download them by paying us money except one day you cannot do that anymore that feels like ruining the traditional format going Hey, we're doing we're doing this thing we've never done before, really, where you can get free stuff for part of a subscription you're already paying for. That free stuff, though, is on a rotating timer. That feels more like a ephemeral, okay, type of thing in my mind than the uh, you know, like a game in the E. No,
1: I, but I think you're getting confused. No one's saying that it's wrong in Nintendo's part. We're just saying that it sucks, especially if the, if the game mode is turns out. No, to I'm be not. Good. I'm not
0: saying that you guys are saying it's wrong in Nintendo's part. I'm saying I think we. Collectively, as gamers need to come around to the fact that as things move more and more digital especially in COVID the idea of limited time engagements has to be digital somehow too. There's no like there's no no one goes to a concert and goes I wish the weekend was in my house every day. Like they go in knowing and I think we're just at that weird turning point where it's starting to happen so it feels weird but I think in a few years it's just going to be par for the course type of thing. Like I think they weren't necessary because they can – if you think about it, you can actually create games and not worry about the meta, the longevity, the whatever. You can be like, I have this funny concept like Jump Rope Challenge, and I'm just going to put it out there and see what happens. And they don't have to worry about like the broader I mean broader if you impact. have
2: millions of dollars to like experiment with, yeah. I mean, That's what I'm talking about. They get Nintendo. away with that. Most people – that's typically not how you want to make games because it takes a lot of effort and money and time. To do the longer,
0: to... more fleshed-out things, for sure. You think Mario mean, Mar- Mar- five, I mean... is taking that much money and time? It's a ROM hack combined with a Tetris 99 already existing platform. That's my point. You're, see, you're, you're kind of – I feel like in my mind you're already kind of doing it. You're like, well, games are this definition, and it means it only can be this much money put in. I'm saying no. I think the idea of what a game is can change. I think it's happening. So if there's some breaking point where games are gonna shift, I'd rather it be like this and not like how they're doing Mario 3D World. I mean, sorry, 3D All Stars. I mean, it's gonna, it's happening already. Like it does suck when stuff comes out of a game, but it, as it happens more and more, then it comes back into the game. That's how. See, that's why seasons are a thing in games now. And what I mean, it's it's just where gaming's going. So it's like I know I'm, I'm getting to the point in my mind where I want to knock a game. That's trying something new. Like if Mario 335 existed and then they're like just kidding, it won't exist anymore, I'd be more upset than them telling us up front it's a limited engagement, like it would be if you go to an event and we do, you know, some special weird demo or tournament or something. That's kinda how I'm viewing it. So that's just me. Clearly we have a different opinion on this one. But that said, I think, and you guys said it too, from Nintendo's perspective, this is genius because it does create urgency around the Switch in a time when there isn't. You know, like there's rumors of the Switch Pro, and Nintendo's over here like, well, hey, if you want like all there's the classic Mario games,
2: aren't
0: there. well, yeah, but if you want like all the classic Mario games and you want to try this crazy Mario Thirty Five, like you better act this holiday. Like, there's a reason. Even without like a super AAA lineup this year, Nintendo's still upping their Switch production by like 20%. Bloomberg's saying they're anticipating 30 million Switches sold this fiscal year, which is more than we ever sold in a given year, and very close to, if not exceeding, the DS at its peak. And you know that's in a that's in a year with competitors like PS5 and Xbox Series X and now S launching. You know, like it it's. Honestly, like, it's kind of a – it's not the most consumer-friendly, clearly, but it's kind of a good way to combat them. Like, yeah, you have PS5 and Xbox this holiday with a smattering of new games and a bunch of cross-gen stuff you can play on your PS4 and, and and current Xbox One. But if you want nostalgia, you better think about getting a Switch right now because that stuff's not there very long. And once you're there, hey, here's Animal Crossing. Here's Mario. Here's Zelda. Here's Mario Kart. All the evergreens. Like, it's it's something Nintendo is 100% leaning on this holiday for better or worse. Like, even to the point where Walmart um, – they just listed the other day a pro controller that comes bundled with a download code for Mario Odyssey for $100, which is actually a really good deal. I think that makes Mario like $30. Bucks. Um, and in Europe, like they're doing a limited edition Fortnite Switch uh, that's going to come with uh, V-Bucks like baked into it and everything. And basically Nintendo's like combining like the urgency of all this retro Mario stuff with their existing lineup to do like you know minimal effort, maximum sales. Some and some level hurting us, on some level, at least in my opinion, maybe not as badly. Um but yeah, it's it's interesting to see how they're really just like they're riding that nostalgia wave. Um it, it hard. Yeah, they are. Because it. it goes hand in hand with their other limited thing they're doing, which is the Game Watch. The Mario Game Watch. Um That is pretty cool. Yeah, like it feels like it feels like whenever Nintendo has a stiff uh like stiff holiday competition, um you know, and perhaps not their strongest game lineup in a given year, they fall back on these like limited edition things to fill the void. Cause you know, it's just endless cash at that point. Like they did it with the classic NES uh, the year before the switch came out when Wii U was as good as uh, dead was basically like the window where they're like, Oh, let's just pump out some plastic with some ROMs on and see what happens. And it took off. And now they're doing it again with the gaming watch. Um, it really is kind of that Disney vault strategy from earlier. Like, you know, got a on a release schedule, just nostalgia your way through. And like, like, I don't mind this one, even less so than I didn't mind Mario 35. Like, I, I think in the case of something like the Game & Watch, it's it feeds into the concept very really well because it's, it's already a tangible, collectible thing. Like, really, does anyone need another copy of Super Mario Bros.? Like, I own 6 or 7 at this point. But throw it on cool retro hardware, add the lost levels because why not, include a clock and whatever those 35 little touches means, 4 o'clock, and yeah, I'm going to buy that thing for 50 bucks. Like, are either of you thinking of getting it? What do you think of it?
2: It looks cool. I hate the price, but it looks really cool. I I don't know. I am just, I'm undecided. It's like I want it, but I don't want to pay that much. So maybe I'll cave m I will cave I do not know. This is where I'm at right now. But I just I mean, love how it looks. I mean it does look really looks cool. very, very
0: nice, yeah. Well you think of the Same. Can't I, I, can't I agree. Really that a, a very, that. Yeah. No, I agree <laughs> that's a really cool little gadget though. Like I mean in terms of like historic the history of it like it is a carbon copy of like the old 80s gaming watch for mario but you know now it has a color lcd screen it has USB-C charging has like an eight hour battery or something it has both those mario's like i mentioned uh, original and lost levels it kind of has a silly remake of ball but with mario's head on it which feels like okay why not like this thing feels more fully featured than 3d all-stars honestly um and then, of course it has the clock which I think the the one thing I would add, uh, this is actually a point that our friend made to us, Angel, when we were playing uh, the other night. It needs a stand, so you can actually use it like a clock. Like, it should come with a little easel or something that it can sit on. Huh. Does it come with a stand? I don't think I so. Just like a little dock? Or I don't something. think so, but it should, right? Like, wouldn't that make total sense? Yeah. Well, That's kind of weird. Yeah. Like, and I feel like that would kind of, like, complete the package, so to speak. Um, but yeah, honestly, like, I feel like The random hardware was kind of the coolest thing in the anniversary direct. Like we we haven't even touched on Mario Kart Live Home Circuit yet, uh, which is like also a really interesting idea. Um, I don't know if there. I guess there's not much else to say about the Game and Watch except except it exists. So I guess we could go on to Mario Kart, unless you guys have any Game and Watch thoughts.
2: Uh, Not really. (laughs) I mean, it's a pretty. It just is. It is what it is. Thing. I mean, I'm curious what all 35 little neat touches are, but.
0: Yeah, I know some of them involve Yoshis from Super Mario World, so they're already mixing and matching their generations and bits there. Yeah. But but yeah, we shall yeah. see. But um yeah, Mario Kart Live Home Circuit. This is a cool idea. It's a mixed reality concept, um, where you're using your Switch as an RC car remote, which of course, you know, there are physical versions of Mario and Luigi and carts as the RC cars, and then you're also playing a game. Using the switches an RC car remote because the view from a camera on the front of the RC car is overlaying, it, It's on your switch screen and overlay with like video game elements, like other racers and items and stuff. And the yeah, whole, th- so in a way, it's almost yeah.
2: like you're playing a worse version of Mario Kart. In a way, yeah, the the whole thing. I mean, it, it, I mean, like like literally, like if you look beyond the novelty of like you're racing in your house, yeah. you're pretty much playing with worse stages because you're gonna, you most people aren't gonna have the real estate to make anything cool. Very few people are. I mean, we're going to be watching those videos and we're going to be seeing, like, real-life recreations of, I don't know, probably, like, Ribbon Road or some other, like, stage. And we're going to be like, well, that looks awesome. Yeah. But it's just the worst version of it, like, controls-wise. I mean, there's no way it could compare with, like, the drifting and stuff like that. But not I don't that think it's Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah no, I know. I, I know it's not trying to. But it's definitely one of those things where when I first got announced... Like I was like, whoa, this is really cool. But then the more I thought about it and the more I found out about it, just the less and less excited I got about it. Mm-hmm. Like,
0: I'm kind of the same.
2: Yeah, the concept, it's just really cool. But in execution, it just kind of sucks that... Well, even stuck, in execution... Like, ex- well, in execution, I don't know how they designed this, but it seems like... It, right off the bat, it's just, it feels too expensive for what it is. Like, Because it's a $100 bucks for... I guess the software, which is in a digital code and like a one and one cart in, yeah in one cart. So right away, if you want to like get like, I would say like the best experience from it, you would need to buy two or hopefully have a friend that yep. bought one.
1: And that also has that a switch. Like,
2: yeah. Cause rather yeah. than like, I, cause in my mind was like, Oh cool. I could get this and play with Elvis, but it's like, no, that means it would be too much to spend 200 bucks. And, that is not feasible. Even for like, for most parents, that kind of sucks. 200 bucks at Mm -hmm. least. Like, I think that's honestly like my biggest gripe with it, that maybe they could have made the cars a little smaller just to maybe squeeze in a second Mm -hmm. or maybe even just make it a little more expensive. Like maybe it was like one twenty five for two cars. I feel that would be a lot better, you know, just kind of like eat up the cost a little bit and maybe sell the car separately cheaper. Maybe they will do that. I don't know. But something about that just kind of sucks, especially because, you know, going back to the more I think about it thing, like, given my situation, because everyone's situation is going to be different, so it may not even be an issue, but I don't really have a lot of space to create tracks. Yep. And yeah. if I did, like, like definitely not indoors. And outdoors, there really isn't a lot of room to make it more varied than simply a long oval or a big figure eight. So, yeah, like, it, it, it's kind of a shame, at least right now, like, my current situation doesn't make this a good purchase. And even yeah, even if you want to take it outside,
1: the tires on that thing don't work look, outside. Don't look yeah, uh, that great to be taken off road.
0: Oh man. Yeah, and the, and the other thing to consider is like, so it's a hundred bucks per cart, and then you have to buy a switch if you don't already have a switch. And like you know, Nintendo's moving people towards one switch per person versus one switch per household. That's kind of been their move for the last few years. But like. This thing supposedly supports up to four people, so you have four people with four switches and four carts. That's like that's you know, so much, a space. lot of money at that point. Yeah, and so much space too. And like the law, lo- and then you know the the logical follow up would be like, all right, so you have friends come over with theirs and you play it that way. But we're in the midst of the COVID pandemic; like, social gatherings aren't as common as they were for a good chunk of the world. So even if you try to like write off the cost per household issue. You're stuck with the well. How do you play this thing together when you have to physically be together to do it? Like it doesn't really feel like the right product for the right time, you know. And it, yeah, like the it's whole funny, thing, because
2: initially it does yeah. feel like it. <laughs> like and like my first gut reaction was like, oh wow, this is smart because everyone's stuck at home, so they could yeah. play, make their cards at home. But then it's like, wait, no. It seems like the kind of thing you want to play with your friends. Totally, and, Cause and it, like I mean, whole... yeah, because it obviously doesn't have online. How would
0: it have online? Right, you can't sync up courses. Right. So. And the, and the whole, the whole weird thing, like the more I think about, it, the more this feels like an on steroids version of the hurdles that GameCube Game Boy connectivity had. Like remember how difficult it was like for Four Swords Adventures or Crystal Chronicles to get like four people with four Game Boys and four $10 link cables together? Now try to get four people with four Switches and four hundred dollar carts in a pandemic. Like it just – it's like it's such a cool concept. Like even the little details of like – so like the cart physically responds to boosts in-game by speeding up in real life. It stops when you hit an am in real life to reflect what's happening in the game. Like it does – they have like gates is, you can set up to let you like kind of navigate the course and signal to the game what the situation is. Like it has such cool ideas but it has all these like literal physical hurdles.
2: And this tech already existed. Like, Nintendo has already released little tiny um, remote control Mario karts that, like, tiny little RC ones, they go pretty fast, and they actually do have items, quote-unquote. Yeah. They, it uses a laser, and if it hits the other character, it will actually spin them out. Like, this one will actually spin them out. And the this one, they just kind of slow down, which makes sense. I mean, it might get too complicated for it to find the track. But because the other one is all physical... I don't know, and it's kind of weird. Like, it's a cool idea, but because you're not actually watching your character in real life and just playing it through the TV, I feel I almost like the the previous attempt more because you would actually be looking at the little car. I feel that's part of the joy of using an RC car that you're actually looking at it drive around. But. Mm-hmm. It's just something weird think... in between. It's it's really weird. I mean, it's very unique and it's interesting, but... To me, it reminds yeah. me
0: a lot of the Lego Mario sets. Like, zero out ten, super... yeah. Did you say zero out of ten? <laughs> uh, no, I was going to yeah. say... Uh... <laughs> All right, zero out of ten. Mario Kart Live Circuit or Live Home Circuit, don't buy it. No, but for me, it reminds me a lot of the Lego Mario sets because like the idea is super cool in that it. Le- if you have the space, it lets your imagination really run, run wild with building tracks there basically yeah, encompassing in your, what's in your house like you could literally make lego structures and have them on the sides of the track you can take stuff from your house and i think for kids on some I mean, level if you want if you're a kid if for kids on some level the idea of like oh my house is inside my tv's video game does on some level probably cancel out some of the concern about like the tangibility of an rc car and being able to watch it for real like it's a different yeah, experience yeah. i mean making um, that your yeah.
2: game is is really cool in of itself I mean, yeah. The fact you could technically even use it as a remote control camera, I mean, you don't really have to do the race. You could just like drive <laughs> that's around and that's just true. play from your TV to that's kind true. of do like a open world home exploration. I mean, that could be pretty fun too. But yeah, and I think you know I think also
0: uh, we do Oh, is it four twenty? Is it? Or are you just saying that? No, I'm Is not it? making that up. I thought so. I have no idea, to be honest. I don't think they've said, which doesn't would hope bode well. I hope it's at least like, 720. 720 hopefully, because hopefully, they have an HD system. But like, I'm just thinking like it every when I was watching the trailer and when I was thinking about like ignoring the hurdles, everything about this just reminds me so much of how I feel about the LEGO sets. Because it's like... I didn't buy the Lego Marios for a reason. Like, I'm not going to play with them as the way it's envisioned, where it's like, you use your imagination and you build things. Like, that's just, I'm not. My thing is the Lego NES mall, where like, I build a, a thing, it has a start and finish form as a project, and then I display it, and that's it. Like, it's kind of a an, an self contained thing. And this, like, and by the way, I did finish it. It took like 12 to 14 hours, but the Lego NES is done. Jesus. Uh, yeah. But, um,. <laughs> <laughs> this uh, feels like one of those things that you can't just buy it and be like, oh, here's a game I'm gonna play. Like you have to want to build those tracks. You want to have the room to build the track. You want to have the stuff in your house. You want to put on or near the track. You want to, even if you're playing solo, like envision all these crazy schemes. Have figure out if it can figure, you know, do ramps and have it go down your stairs, or if you can make jumps. Like there's so much you could want to do with it, driven by your imagination. And that's great for an audience that may exist, but. I feel like because of the cost, even if the kid has the imagination, the parents could be like, oh, I don't know, little Timmy. I mean maybe we'll get it for you by yourself, and if they do that, then the question becomes, well, what is there as a single-player experience? Because all we know is they're promising multiplayer for up to four people and a single-player Grand Prix mode where you race against virtual Koopalings and unlock new costumes from Mario and Luigi. That's it. So, like, is that enough to justify the cost if you're not going to be able to have the friends? Because you can have the craziest imagination of building a track and go super into it. Like, the thing I don't like about Lego Mario, like, people can go personally, people can go do and have a great time with, but, like, if all you do is race the same Koopalings, how quickly does it get boring to race the track you just built an hour, uh, spent an hour building? Around 45 minutes, so, about. Oh, okay, thanks. That's what I was looking for. appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> it's usually about, like, 15 minutes per coupling. But ah, yeah. No, that. that's a good that's a good, good ratio there. Yeah. Uh, but no, I do, I do think like Nintendo deserves some like serious props for like really upping their accessory game with this. And just this generation in general. Like we've talked for years now about how Nintendo loves to sell plastic. You know, like the Wii days were probably the bluntest environment of that. Here's a plastic case. Now your Wii remote's a gun. Here's a plastic case. Now your Wii remote's a wheel. And then like obviously Wii U had Amiibo. Uh, plastic that really didn't do much besides look cool, but with Switch, like it really feels like whether or not these are going to work or are priced right, like it really feels like Nintendo's putting in effort, which I appreciate. Oh, you know, yeah, like, yeah, sure. like Labo and all its crazy contraptions. I will not take that away from them. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, and then Ring Fit last year with the Ring Kong, and now you know now we have this. That was and last year, Jesus. Yeah, yeah, it was last October. Um, like this feels like what Amiibo could have been, like a plastic physical thing that becomes the core of a game. I don't know how they would have done it with Amiibo, but like conceptually, this is what I feel like Amiibo should have become in some way. Um, but what's also kind of cool about it, I don't know if you guys know the backstory of who's making the game. It's a studio out of New York called uh, v- VLAN Studios. Um, it's actually founded by the guys who originally founded Vicarious Visions, uh, the ones who – yeah, so they're the ones that did the all Tony the crazy –
2: people?
0: Tony Hawk and Guitar Hero. So they're the ones that did all the crazy accessories for Wii and DS, like the guitars – like the DS is crazy, like you plug into get the Game Boy slot. Yeah, man, it's true. No, but uh, yeah, these guys like have for a long time done bizarre physical implementations for playing video games. And they made them for Nintendo. And now, you know, fast forward a decade and Nintendo's coming to them saying make us this crazy Mario Kart implementation. So on that level, that's kind of cool. Like I, I, that must be very rewarding for developers to get this opportunity. And I think there is a lot of potential here. I just think it has a lot of hurdles. You know. And I suspect the kind of ho hum response online, where people are like, "That's neat," is pretty much the, the the signal that this it's either gonna not take off or it's gonna be a slow burn all out ring fit. But I'm not, I don't think it's gonna be like a runaway success. Hmm. But yeah. But anyway, so that's Mark Hart live. Unless you guys had any other thoughts on it. Nope, nope. Uh,
2: I can't wait to see what people come up with. I'm looking forward to those videos of yeah, yeah. like Bowser's Castle IRL
0: or blah blah whatever IRL. But. Same. Yeah. You, you mentioned, uh, uh, ribbon road at earlier as an example, I think like I joke, I joking says on Twitter, but honestly, I think someone at Nintendo is like, what if we just like did ribbon road for real? Cause like the whole premise of that track is you're in a kid's playroom. So, and you're tiny. So like it kinda, it, it, it's very sort of self-referencing this whole project. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was pretty much the, what was in the Mario anniversary direct. I mean, mostly I, you know, there obviously are quibbles about the quality of what they announced. But I was just happy we finally got, like, long overdue news from Nintendo. Like, this was reportedly going to be a thing they did back at E3. Obviously, that didn't happen. Nintendo would adapt. But I'm just, like, glad that they have some sort of, like, multifaceted, encompassing celebration of Mario going on. Like, I remember a month ago or so, I was saying um, here on the show that... Honestly...
2: Le- what? Like, not that, like honestly, like, I, I've i stopped, I guess, I. Like... Worrying about, I guess, like when Nintendo has or hasn't made any news. because I don't know. I mean, like there's plenty of other things that like occupy, I guess, like my my thought time with like other releases from other companies and other mediums or like action figures and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. That when Nintendo goes on these long hiatuses it it's not saying anything, like it doesn't feel like it's been that long. But I mean, I know it has just because the internet, especially Nintendo fans, make it very clear <laughs> yes, how do. long and how many days and how many hours it's been since the last insert specific type of Nintendo Direct. Yeah. But honestly, like, the only reason I'm even happy this particular event happened is because it kind of gives us a reset on what rumors we're going to hear. Mm-hmm. Because now I don't have to hear about a Mario compilation rumor pop up on
0: Twitter every now and again.
2: Right. But Unless there's another true.
0: one with Galaxy 2 coming. You never know. They didn't... 3D Land isn't included either. That's
2: true. It's going to be, like, <laughs> like, Galaxy 2, Mario <laughs> DS, and some yep. other 3D-ish... Oh, I Odyssey. guess 3D
0: World? Well, nah. no. Oh, yeah. I, I oh, know. There would be, the be like World three other 3D about, yeah.
2: games that don't fit in there, I guess, because they're either sequels or remakes or. What are on to something, World, World, We should start this.
0: Was. We should start this rumor and just bring it, bubble it up on Twitter about once a month for uh, this year. A, a <laughs> AM, I want to. 3D Land, 3D World, yeah. and Galaxy Two. Yeah, I don't even know what the theme of that would be. Like, what's the consistent line between them? I mean, the 3ds. <laughs> it's it literally <laughs> it Super just be... Mario
2: 3D All Stars 2. Plus, yeah,
0: yeah, I guess that could work, yeah. But, um, no, but what I was at is, like, I think it is nice that, like, there's, like, a cohesive Mario thing happening. Because, you know, I was saying, like, oh, they announced Mario Monopoly and Mario Jenga and Lego Mario and all this other merch, and it felt like, you know, I, I think I literally was, like, it felt – it doesn't feel like something's happening. It just feels like random licensing because, like… There's not even a logo or anything, and now they have a logo complete with Mario doing his little Switch finger snap, which I love that they included. But anyway, um,
1: 35th yeah, like they have all those though, past I, products. I still don't understand.
0: It's what... not that uncommon. 35th anniversary? I think it has a name. I think it's like not silver anniversary, but it's one of those. I don't know,
1: man. It, uh, it definitely uh, is a thing. Uh, 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 it's like you do um, you do your 10th. You do your 20th. You do your 25th, obviously. Then you then you do your 30th. Fourth of a century.
0: Then 40th. Then 50th. It's called a coral or jade anniversary. Disgusting. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's a it's a thing.
2: <laughs>
0: well, it it's happened. definitely I a mean, thing. I googled it, it was and the there's a lot YouTube. of logos yeah. for thirty fifth anniversaries.
2: I mean, I will say like the Mario hype around this time period. I mean, it was still a little infectious. I mean, it's fun. I did get an Al- I did get an Alba Golden Watch because I found out that they had one for the Mario series. Like I was looking for just a fancy watch on a property that I liked, like either Ninja Turtle or Godzilla or something. And there was a Godzilla watch, but it was like $12,000, like literally $12,000. Trump change. And (laughs) and, uh, actually, yeah, compared to like other big brand watches, it's not even that much because there are literally like $100,000 watches. But yeah, I saw that Alba had a line of Nintendo watches that just look really nice and classy, but also very referential and just very cool. Like the one that I got is... Like Famicom themed and it has like an 8-bit Mario and the second half has like a golden little question mark block. I mean, well the whole thing's golden. But it just looks really, really nice and
0: definitely really happy. It does look really nice based on the photo I saw. But yeah, no, the 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 Mario like celebration to your point is is quite infectious. It's in every game. Like between now and March it'll be in Smash, it'll be in Mario Maker, it'll be in Splatoon, it'll be in Animal Crossing, um it's on shoes. yeah, it's on Puma shoes that look kind of more like Sonic shoes, but are apparently are Mario shoes. Um, there's more. I'm forgetting. But yeah, it's, it's everywhere. Actually, the shoes are weird. Have, have you seen the leak for the other shoes they're doing for Sunshine and Galaxy? Yeah, I posted those in our other chat. Oh, that's right. You did. Maybe that's where I got it from. But yeah, it. Um... so all these shoes are based on, I guess, Puma's RS Dream or whatever that shoe is. But... The first one
2: was definitely better than the yeah. Galaxy and... sunshine we'll we'll
0: link to them on the blog for anyone who hasn't seen them they're not official yet but like yeah sunshine looks like it's like just they're just generic like sunshine's like oh it's on an island so let's just make it look like an ocean and have like the soul be like beach colored and then like galaxy's like oh it's in space let's just have like a starscape and they just have a little mario logo and that's it like they don't at all feel connected at least yeah. the, the first one, while it looks more like a Sonic shoe, like has the colors of Mario and like kind of represents the overalls and the, and the buttons and everything. But anyway, yeah, that was just a thought. But yeah, that was, that was Mario. That was Mario. Um, but Nintendo did not stop there. Less than a week later, they were back, this time with Zelda news, in the form of a Hyrule Warriors sequel called Age of Calamity. It's by the same team as as the original but with a pretty big twist in that it is also a Breath of the Wild prequel. So gone are the original games, crossover, episode meets best of whatever you want to call it vibe that like mixed and matched all the universes and gave us Linkle. Uh, Instead, we're getting a direct prequel that will dive deeper into The Great Calamity. That you know throughout pretty much it's going to end with Link getting
2: injured and being put into the, of course it is yeah yeah Yeah.
0: because you know at this time when uh, the world's in chaos the thing we need is a game that tells us you're all going to die yeah but essentially that's exactly right yeah and it's gonna. It's going to be Link in it. It's going to be Zelda. You can play as both of them. You can play as the champions. It's going to you know, be set in that 100 years before. What's also noteworthy, though, is that the story and dialogue are being written by the core Zelda team at Nintendo, opposed to the Hyrule uh, Warriors devs over at uh, Tecmo Koei, Koei Tecmo, whichever order that goes. So it is, unlike Hyrule Warriors 1, actually right. – is it Koei Tecmo? Yeah, it's okay. KT. KT, yeah. So yeah, so this one is 100% canon. And we don't know a whole lot at this phase beyond that. Uh, more information is going to be revealed on the 26th of this month in conjunction, I think, with Tokyo Game Show Online. But I'm curious, what were your like, initial hot takes when this thing was announced a few days ago?
2: Um, first I was like, wait, is this a new game? Oh, it's a Warriors game. And then I went on with my life. <laughs> and then later, yeah, like, as soon as I found out it was a Warriors game, I stopped caring. Mm -hmm. and then so I didn't even bother even looking into what it was about but later on in my twitter feed like you know stuff kept popping up and I saw that it was supposed to be like take place during that battle that happened 100 years before the game took place and I mean I like that's a cool idea for a premise of a game especially for something that seems like it actually fits it would fit the the warriors aesthetic since it's supposed to be this big epic battle with all those guardians that I wish within was in the actual game. It would have been cool to have to face off against a bunch of guardians in a town. But that was just a cutscene. But I guess it seems like you would actually get to experience that moment as it happened. But it's a Warriors game, so yeah. And well, and, well, and, well, and, and that's not to say that Warriors games are bad. They're just not my cup of tea. Mm-hmm. Like Kind of like, I like some beat-em-ups, but overall I feel like any kind of... I feel like I lump it into the beat-em-up genre because that's kind of what you're just doing. And, obviously, someone could tell me that, like, no, you're not just pressing the same buttons over and over again to destroy hordes of enemies, but playing it, like, it just never really gets beyond that for me. Like, I don't know. There's a, there is a point in a game where I feel having your character be too powerful can make it not as fun. And I feel like this is one of those, but... Yeah, I know, like, some try to incorporate, like, a nice twist. Like, I think the Fire Emblem one actually had a version of its Rock, Paper, Scissor mechanics incorporated in there, depending mm-hmm. on what weapon you used. Mm-hmm. So maybe this one will have a nice spin to it, but yeah, the stands, it, yeah.
0: It just exists, you you did guess. have a good analogy for this. And uh, I remember when we were talking about, you were like, yeah, this is basically this modern 3D take of like Streets of Rage, like the, the yeah, warrior. That's
2: why I, yeah. I treat it like a, like a beat them up. Cause you're yeah. just literally from the beginning of the game to the end of the game, you're, the gameplay is exactly the same. You rarely get like any kind of power up or anything to improve your abilities. You're just the only thing that changes is the types of enemies you face, which you know sometimes they're interesting and cool. But and if for I feel like most of the people I've talked to about this type of game seem to all get tired of it pretty quickly. But there are those people that like it just hits the right spot for them and mm-hmm. it's like the best thing ever, which is great. I wish I could get into these because they are sometimes tied to franchises I really like. They have a Warriors version of Attack of Titan. They have a Warriors Dragon Quest. I'm sure there's other Warriors games that there's like a Gundam one that looks really really cool. That I mean, just visually, like it's in space and you're fighting waves and waves of this Gundams. There's another one coming but, out. Oh yeah, yeah. You, that to so like, so, bring up because so like visually, they always look really cool. Like even Hyrule Warriors. Like when I first saw the trailer for it way back in the day. Yeah, I don't know if I could say that. Um, Yeah, like I thought it visually looked really cool and interesting, but then when I played it, it's like I got bored of it really, really fast, and I was kind of bummed out about that. Kind of, I guess it's kind of like arms, and just I just like really want to like it, but or yeah, I guess like Fight Crab is just like it doesn't, it's not a game you want to play for a full hour, it's like a 20 minute game, but yeah, so hopefully
0: the Persona reference that you just made kind of of funny because there's a game that like you played the demo of in March, right? And Persona 5 Scramble and it was seemingly coming West and somehow in between Nintendo is able to announce and in that usual eight week window, they now have release a whole other Warriors game while we're still waiting for the one you played nine months ago or six months ago, seven months ago. Yeah, but that's not a game. So no, I know it's just funny that like it kind of like, they sort of slipped in front of it because it's yeah. basically the same genre for Switch. Slippin'. But but where you? Mm-hmm. I mean, so Kevin, you, if I remember correctly, were kind of into Scramble when you po- played the demo. So what mm-hmm. what's your thoughts on the Warrior genre in general and, and this?
1: Uh, you... I mean, I've never been a fan of the Dynasty Warriors games or the oh. uh, the. I think there aren't the Dynasty Warrior games spinoffs of, uh, Legends Another of the three game Dynasty too. or something like that. Something King, like Kingdom, that Three Kingdoms, kingdoms yeah, Legend three, kingdoms, of three Kingdoms, yeah. yeah. Uh, that being said, I am actually excited for this one. I didn't play Hyrule Warriors, but I did mm-hmm. play Breath of the Wild, and as people know, <laughs> I don't like that game. So, uh faster-paced game set in right. the Breath of the Wild uh, canon, I guess, is, is pretty cool to me, especially considering that this is supposed to be a war. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm, I'm excited. I'm definitely going to check this
0: out. Yeah, I think it's it's really interesting how Nintendo is like, bridging the gap here because like the, you know the original Hyrule Warriors was completely a spinoff self-contained uh, kind of felt like a filler release when they didn't have anything in their lineup three separate times like Wii U, 3DS, and Switch all received some version of it during a lull um, and it doesn't mean you know it's bad or unworthy but it just was always in my mind because the gameplay I agree it can get very repetitive sometimes it just felt like it was there right like it's just kind of a thing and it's I guess it's kind of cool that like it did well enough through all those re-releases that like you know it has enough fans now that nintendo is seeing an opportunity to sort of bring a spin-off into like the proper zelda fold in a way that then enhances the core breath of the wild story because like one of our we have a listener named kurt who made a point on uh twitter that um you know the an, an anthology series like zelda like doesn't really get to dive deeper into its given worlds like obviously there's some exceptions uh Link Between Worlds, for example, expanded on uh, a link to the past and that Hyrule, or you know Majora's Mask kind of played with the expectations of Ocarina. But like the fact that we're getting both a direct sequel with Breath of the Wild 2, and kind of a prequel that fills in some other story elements about the war and the calamity in Hyrule Warriors: Age of Calamity, like that is very unZelda-like and actually kind of cool that they're like building out. They're doing more world building than they ever really did. Which is kind of exciting to see. I and mean, I like I don't know what that means for Breath of the Wild Two. I don't even know when Breath of the Wild Two is coming out. Eiji Anuma, the series producer, was saying in the video presentation for Hyrule Warriors, we're going to have to wait a little bit longer. Whatever that you'll even translates get, well, you'll to. Get it. But, exactly. But uh, at least in the meantime, like they're they're building out like the the world, like you know, so many things about timelines and whatnot. But it's kind of cool that they're actually sticking to one and really flushing it out at least a little. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and I also imagine it must be pretty exciting for the devs to have gone from making what seemed like a one-off, spin-off Zelda to becoming the flagship holiday game. I mean, like, Nintendo's not messing around. here. like, Age of Cloudy is coming out on November 20th. That's their big holiday release slot. Like, this is a big deal. And that's for, you know, um, that's for a game that, like, they typically were just like, oh yeah, it is what it is, but now they're, like, reprinting Champion Amiibo to support it, and, like, you know, I, I genuinely think um, because of the popularity of Breath of the Wild, because really of like kind of folks like you kind because of, you're like, oh, well, I, Breath oh. of the Wild is one thing, but I want to check this out. Like I – Breath of the Wild sold 19 million copies. It is the highest-selling Zelda game ever. It's still in the top 20 MPD basically every month. It has been for years. I think Hyrule Warriors has a real chance to not just be a big seller for Nintendo to kind of like wet the app type for uh, Breath of the Wild 2. I think it could sort of – turn warriors into a more mainstream franchise in general like i seriously think because of the groundswell of interest around breath of the wild like age of calamity could actually outsell some real mainline zelda games like the smaller ones don't get me wrong but like in its original form higher warriors like just as a spinoff sold like well over a million copies and the day this was announced like the trailer or the video announcement was number one trending on youtube the trailer is number two trending on youtube uh it's like one million or two million for one and 1.5 million for the other in views in just the first day obviously it's absurd to say those will directly correlate with sales but my point is the interest in a warriors game because it's attached to breath of the wild is through the roof right now like sales of the switch version of the original hyrule warriors are up 1500 percent on amazon following the announcement so like Couple that with the traditional switch bump that every Nintendo IP seems to see, and how it relates back to Breath of the Wild, and kind of the starving—you um, know, everyone's kind of starved for more Nintendo content. It and the aesthetics. So when you first look at it, it really just looks like you know um, Breath of the Wild, uh, and then you're kind of drawn in by that. Like I think this could outsell some of the lower-selling Zeldas, like Skyward Sword or Majora's Mask, which are in like the three to four million range. Like this is potentially a turning awakening? point. Uh, Link's Awakening is higher. I don't know the number off the top of my head though. But um, I just looked up the lowest numbers, which were those two. <laughs> um, everything else is above $4 million, I believe. But I think it could get in there, and I think that's an interesting turning point, not just for the warrior, like Mus- Muso or however you say it, niche, but like for Zelda. Because if they can have Zelda spin-offs done as well as regular Zeldas, they could diversify that franchise. Not that they necessarily should, but they will if they can. So it, it's, it's going to be very interesting to see how this does. Yeah, for sure. And I think it may also mean that um, Breath of the Wild 2 is a lot further out than we may think, which is fine. Take your time to tab, But uh, besides Enuma saying we'll need away a bit longer with no context what that means, um, I just can't see them releasing two games in the Breath of the Wild universe within a year of one another because the second Breath of the Wild 2 comes out, this thing gets cannibalized. So I think like at the earliest, Breath of the Wild 2 is going to be next holiday if not further out. Um Which is, you know, that's fine. It'll be ready when it's ready. But for folks who maybe did want Breath of the Wild too sooner, don't worry. Ubisoft's got your back, kinda. They they had their second forward event on Thursday, and they re revealed what was once called God and Monsters, uh, a game you may recall from E3 last year that looked an awful lot like Breath of the Wild. And it's back, and it's now called Immortals Phoenix Rising. And guess what? It somehow even more looks like Breath of the Wild. Did you guys see any of the like trailer footage, or even watched Ubisoft Forward at all? I actually
2: missed it. I just didn't have time to watch it. I did see a few images, though, and it definitely does have a very Breath of the Wild look to it.
0: What about you, Kevin? Did you have to see any of the mortals? It's, no, oof, uh, it's I, thought, I thought the last Ubisoft Forward was
1: terrible, and so I, I didn't even bother with this one. And by all accounts, this yeah. one had
0: nothing of interest that I cared about. Yeah, I'm I mostly into things that didn't do. <laughs> like like well, not didn't do, but first Immortals is like let me get stay on one topic here. Immortals is egregious. It's like all right, so the premise is this evil guy puts a red and black corruption that covers the whole world in this open world that you could explore and climb anywhere you can see. You need to go rescue these large like champion like people to help you fight the final boss. Um, the swords and shields that you use all have a glowing like blue energy to them. And you go throughout this open world to these things called vaults, which are these puzzle challenge rooms. And you go in and you like do the puzzles and then you upgrade your stamina. And at the end of every puzzle, there's a chest you can go where there's you know some hidden thing you can get. It's kind of like shrines really. And then there's a dodge move you can do. And if you jump off a horse, you can do a slow-mo uh, arrow shoot. It's straight up Breath of the Wild. Hold they up. even have the, the magnesis like up. moving things. Is there weapon mm-hmm. degradation? So they do it a little differently. That's the one thing that's different. The <laughs> weapons are an RPG yes. system where you can upgrade them and have deeper RPG mechanics. Okay. So at least it has that. But everything else is like shot for shot, art style for art style, move for move, magnet was, for magnet, action. Breath of the Wild. <laughs> that's the thing. It's like it, it's de- it it's kind of a wholesale ripoff. Maybe derivatives is a nicer way of putting it. But, like, I don't think it's going to be bad, to your to your point. Like, I, it, it looks well made. The team seemed really proud of, like, they're doing, like, this kind of, like, lighter-hearted Greek myth angle with it. And I'm pretty sure there's a lot of people that want Breath of the Wild too that aren't getting it that this will scratch the itch for. And it is coming to Switch on December 3rd. So, like, I'm sure there's going to be an audience for it. It's just so egregious in how similar it looks to uh, Breath of the Wild that, like, just watching it, you're just like, wow, this is... Like, it looks like a skin swap, essentially.
2: Yeah, I don't know what the name of this other game was, but... Like, it, this game literally, like, facelifted, like, the same grass, same, like, lighting mechanics, the same kind of shooting mechanics from Breath of the Wild. It's a game on PS4, and it hmm. got, like, a huge release, like, I think in China? No, I mean, not. China. Oh, like I know
0: what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it like, wasn't China. Give, give I, I, just know, I just
2: know that maybe. I just know that it's the game that when it got announced or show or the trailer was shown off. Like there was someone that like threw their PS4. On yeah, the Genshin Impact. I'm really excited <laughs> for that game. <laughs> because I mean, like, it's, it's, it's Breath I mean, of the I mean, Wild how you want it to be. Kevin, well, no, no, no. It, it, it just looks like <laughs> I mean, it just looks like it takes place in the Breath of the Wild, like physics engine and universe. But mm-hmm. the actual like gameplay loop looks nuts. Like it looks like everyone's like an all powerful wizard of sorts that just like creates like a bunch of explosions and a lot of cool looking stuff interesting it, it, it looks really fun it's just you no know, getting around the fact that it's set in hyrule field i guess
0: right yeah even even immortals like in terms of the gameplay loop is basically the same like you can go to any uh vault anytime you want you can fallout find... yes you can go to pit boy's house anytime you want no but it's all like the exact same mo as, wait, wait wait what um... pit what? boy pit boy that's the name of the little guy no i was referring to immortals you said i thought you said fallout like because i said vault
2: Fallout Boy isn't that the guy that sings Immortals? No, I thought you or said that...
0: Fallout like the, the the the. Never mind. I thought you were making a a Vault Fallout Pit Boy. Oh no, I, was I went the wrong. To... I mean, unless un- 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 they don't one.
2: have a song named Immortals, then they makes do. Right,
0: and it? that was actually a better reference. I thought you were referencing something with the Vault, and I got confused. Oh no, that was a really good <laughs> reference. I totally squashed and squandered. But anyway, yes, Fallout Boy, Patrick Stump and Company. Yes, um, but yeah, it's like the exact same gameplay loop. So, so we'll see what it ends up being, but at least that first, bra- uh, first brush here, it's it's uh, it's very Zelda. Um, the I, but again, it could still be good. I don't know. The one bone I do have uh, to pick with Ubisoft mm-hmm. is the, the remake them? of Prince of Persia: The Sands of Time, which is oh, called the Prince of per- uh, Prince of Persia: The Sands of Time remake. Real creative. Now, Kevin, I heard you. I heard what 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 I mean. Isn't
2: that what the Final Fantasy VII one was called? But no one.
0: I just called it Final fancy sound, but Ken, what was what was your? <laughs> How did you feel about? it? I'm sure you've seen the screenshots.
1: Uh, yeah that that definitely looks like uh, an early PS3 game.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah. Now I I don't have a lot of to. I'm not that mad about the look of it. Um, it, it could for sure be better, but, but it's like, a PS2 game. It was originally PS2, GameCube, and Xbox. I have the GameCube one in okay. the other room. Um, And now they're bringing it to PS4, Xbox One, PC, and maybe Switch, which is the thing I'm going to get to in a sec. But it doesn't look like a PS4 or Xbox One game. It's an alpha build, but it's like early PS3 at best. And I think like a huge – there's a huge backlash to how it looks because like the people in particular look really bad. Like they they, it's like half remade, half up-res. They say it's built from scratch, but they tried to keep the humans looking kind of like how they look in the old one in terms of like the shape of their faces and stuff. But then they made all the backgrounds hyper realistic, but like oh no. mid PS3 generation interpretation of hyper realistic. So it just it just has this weird disconnect. I I don't know, um, but I do think you were in, you were not here for the last episode, Ken. But I was saying uh, one of the games I was talking about from indie world, Raji, was made by an Indian dev team in India. And I think that's kinda cool. Not very many Indian dev teams get a chance to like be on the global stage for uh, games. Well, for better or worse, Prince of Persia is also the coming out party for Ubisoft's new India studio. So that's oh, no. <laughs> so that's cool that they get a chance to make like a big game. Unfortunately it's not being well received. But um the bone I have to pick is with the endless will they won't they of multi platform releases on Switch because Prince of Persia went through quite the ringer, and I still don't know what the answer is. Essentially, yeah, this is getting old. Yeah, no, but it's like it, this one was like extra ridiculous. So they didn't announce it for Switch in the presentation, and that's fine. Even though graphically it looks like it could for sure run on Switch, but then if you went to Prince of Persia's website, it was listed for Switch as a platform. It had a pre-order link, and if you clicked the pre-order link, you actually went to a Nintendo.com page for the game that didn't exist. Meanwhile, GameStop put up a pre-order saying it's coming March 31st, which is about two months after the January release for the other versions. And Ubisoft France, I think, or Spain, one of those like regional accounts, even tweeted Switch as one of the consoles it was coming to only to then delete the tweet. So like if it's coming out, why can't they just announce it with the other – game? how hard is it to just say it's coming to Xbox and PlayStation in January and Switch in March? Assuming that's true. Like maybe they're having development delays. Why don't they say switch out date? Like how hard is it to just say the name of the system that has sold sixty million units and has a huge audience that would buy your game? Like, I don't get it. It's so bizarre to me. And it's not like Ubisoft doesn't support Switch. Like they have that roller uh, derby game, roller champions is coming to Switch, uh Scott Pilgrim versus the World, the game complete edition, which is like three subtitles too many, is coming to Switch. Um Immortals is yeah, obviously coming All Switch. people that have
2: been waiting for that one. Yeah, no, that, that one's kind of cool. Although,
0: yeah, that, that one's kind of cool. Maybe Although, a little too
2: cultish, but... Yeah.
0: The weird thing with that one is um, apparently the original de- developers and, like, people behind it were not told it was coming back. Ubisoft was just like, well, we own the code. We're just going to re-release it. So that's... Like, the creators of it were never told, so that's, that's a little weird. But, um, yeah, like, all that stuff is kind of switched. but why can't Ubi just say what's going on with Prince of Persia or like why can't you know someone like Activision just tell us Crash Team Racing is coming to Switch at a later date or I bet you Tony Hawk's could be the same one like I don't get why three years in when you, it Switch is the dominant platform on the market right now they can't just be forthcoming even if it's at a later date like I know they're trying to get people a double dip I guess but Switch is big enough that I think there's a lot of people that aren't double dippers like there's probably some you could just say hey don't worry it's coming but we're still second-class citizens of sorts. Um, Yeah, so that was my only bone I had to pick. But it's just getting old, as you were saying, <laughs> Angel. The tale is old this time,
2: unfortunately, I, Yeah, Nintendo.
0: Seriously, seriously. At least we're past the phase where things are being tested. You know, oh, we're well, this game's a release. Uh, Those are the worst. If, Even when yeah. Nintendo themselves does it. But yeah. Yeah, like Capcom's whole, oh, this is a test release, and if it fails, it's it's your fault you're not getting more games, or EA, or whoever.
2: And if they want to release a game people want first... Exactly. ...to use it as an actual test. Exactly. But you're never going to you know. get over that, huh? No, I mean, I'm talking about Capcom right now. Yeah, I thought you were talking about Chupy Oh, no, <laughs> that's, that's, uh, that's long gone. That doesn't even have a chance since the developers are, have been disbanded. Yeah,
0: they're pretty much gone. Skip.
2: Yeah, no, yeah, I was just referring to... um. Nintendo's insistence to test, like, with Street Fighter Four on the 3DS or, like, with Tatsunoko versus Capcom but not give us any of the other games that people actually wanted on the Wii or the 3DS at that point.
0: EA's guilty of it, too. Like, there's so many games that make sense for Switch that they're just like, well, Unravel 2 didn't sell well. It's like, all right, but maybe the audience wants The Sims. Have you thought of that? Or Star Wars or Madden or what have you? But because Unravel Two didn't sell well, okay, we'll sit back. Although now they're coming back around because they see how big the market is. They have like, what they announced like six games, seven games coming to Switch in the next twelve months. Ten, was it ten? No, I (laughs) I was like, I I would believe it at this point. But anyway, I mean, not and again, not to knock Ubi too much. Like this is stupid, but at least they're confirming other games, and that that's what's been nice is that now as we're approaching the holidays like we actually are starting to see what the lineup looks like this year like there if there's an overall theme for this episode i'd say it was that we finally know what we'll be playing in the year 2020 and sometimes it's by way of learning what won't make the cut you know no more heroes 3 was just over i know but we finally know what we're playing from now through the end of the year that's my point we had no idea three weeks ago about any of these things i just talked about well okay new games but yeah like and, and it's nice that we even know, like I started to say, that No More Heroes 3 isn't going to make the cut. Like, even a delay counts as things locking down and, like, saying in. Setting in. Uh, but, yeah, for the most part, I feel like we actually have a sense of what's coming down the pipe for the remainder of the year and specifically when. For Nintendo in particular, I, I'd i say, I don't know. How would you guys rate the lineup for this year? Six out of ten? Maybe five? Okay, Five out of ten.
2: But... Five out of but ten. That's only because yeah, they only because they don't appeal to me
0: that much. Right. Yeah, I would I would yeah. give it a solid. Oh, well, you did numbers. I to say I'd give it like a B. Like I'd say it's like B tier. So like maybe like a seven or something. Like it, it's funny because like Mario and Zelda. I guess five are, would have
2: been an F. Huh? Yeah. yeah
0: but like Mario and Zelda are there. Yeah, but it's ports and a spinoff developed by another company, Mario Kart <laughs> is there. But it's a separate entry. That's I mean, not on quite paper it
2: sounds like an A. But I know exactly. Like, it, when you back. dive deep, it's a very, like, I could see some people maybe rating it high simply for the Warriors game or high simply right. for the compilation game if they haven't played them. But for someone like me that's played all the 3D Mario games to death and doesn't care about the Warriors games, like, there's literally nothing. Yeah,
0: and that, and that's so. kind of what I mean about, like, it, feel, it feels like kind of a beat because they are checking all the boxes. I mean pikmin we're getting a new pikmin <laughs> but it's actually an old pikmin i mean
2: yeah same thing also 100 of yep. that game so we're getting enough.
0: hey we're getting more pokemon except caveat it's uh the crown tundra dlc for sword and shield not new pokemon also smash will be back in the news because there's gonna be a new fighter at some point but it's just a new fighter oh and don't forget bakugan uh, I bakugan about that can't forget bakugan but i think so nothing, um yeah yeah exactly no i think i think like honestly like the lineup they have i'm Personally, like, fine with. Like, in the next eight to 12 weeks, we're going to finally have new stuff. It might not be I'm stuff I'm fine that...
2: with it because that means I don't have to worry about wasting a lot of money on Nintendo stuff. <laughs> right. There, there's also that yeah.
0: But, like, it's, you know, for me, it's going to be some fun stuff, some different stuff. Some. Well, I'm not going to touch Bakugan, so I'm not going to go there. But, like, in light of the pandemic and how the world has turned upside down, like, it feels. It's more solid than I thought it would be, and I'm kind of okay with that. Like, I'll happily take the stuff they're putting out. Like, I'm going to, you know, I'm buying mario 3d all-stars and i'm happy about that i'm looking forward to high reward age of clarity just because i'm curious what that's going to be like um pikmin i'll skip mario Kart, i'll skip i appreciate that those exist and could lead to more things in the future that i may be interested in so like i'm surprisingly cool with what they just kind of solidified in these last two weeks maybe i'm not gonna buy it all but at least like it's nice to know that they have a released drum beat going again um i mean, have uh, which of these do you think you're gonna pick up kevin Honestly, like 3D All Stars and Hyrule Warriors, probably. Well, I'm going to be grudgingly
1: picking up 3D All Stars uh, <laughs> and Age of Calamity for sure.
0: Um,
2: so, like, you can afford to. Yeah. But yeah, like, honestly, like,
0: two games in the next two months, that's not bad. That's not bad, Nintendo. After all that summer weirdness, like, it's okay. So, I guess we'll have our first taste of that, like, now finalized lineup uh, next episode which is September 27th because we're going to have impressions of the begrudgingly bought (laughs) Super Mario 3D All-Stars and probably discuss, I would imagine, how all those Mario games hold up and, you know, rate them against each other and that sort of thing. So it's going to be a whole Mario Palooza to tune into. Um, And even before that, on September 20th, we'll have our next – there's an emergency vehicle going by. They're trying to to stop us from getting Mario, I think. They're gone now. But, um, yeah, even before – that episode on September 20th will have our next Quarantine Chronicles for all the non-Nintendo stuff. So unless there's anything else you guys wanted to cover, I think that does it for this episode. That's about it. I think that's everything, yeah. All right. So to go into all good the job, bookkeeping. Team. What was that? Uh, did that? Good job, team. Oh, go, team. We did it. We saved Nintendo's fall. But, yeah, we uh, you can listen to our podcast on all the podcast apps, both Quarantine and Regular, it can be found on Apple Podcasts. Google Podcast, Stitcher, Spotify, Pandora, TuneIn. We are on YouTube. Random Nintendo Com is the channel, and uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Random Town. Make sure you don't miss anything about anything. Likewise, we are all individually on Twitter. I am JSR7. Angel is Wero W E I R O underscore O. Kevin is K V N Gomi, and I guess that pretty much does it. So, Kevin, final word. Uh, I, I got. This.